0: I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert. Attention.
1: Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking high? Yes, I am. Asshole face man.
2: You are my podcast, my only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far
0: up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy just a little weird maybe it'll catch on who knows
1: it is out of sheer morbid curiosity i'm allowing this freak show to continue how do you fix that though take a big step back and literally suck my dick do i have your attention
2: send your dick pics
1: (laughs) i got a whole folder
0: full of dick pics okay
1: are you interested i know you are because it's fuck or walk
3: you're shitting me
0: have you made your decision for christ
2: i'll tell you the truth I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you.
0: Who the fuck are
1: you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible.
2: They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them.
1: I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bullshit. Bullshit! I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes.
2: That's right, and those assholes are called pedal heads, and they're also called our friends. Welcome to episode 106, titled The Stoned Alchemist.
1: It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
2: That's right, and if you weren't already aware of the fact... I can't get to my fucking soundboard. I'm going to hell. Yes, that's right. The offensive has begun. That's right. The offensive has begun. And as you all know, this is the show that's made up with the content that doesn't matter. And of course, as always, I am Phoenix. My Wesley will always come for me.
0: And, uh, you know, I'm still phone boy. As you wish. So there you go. Um.
2: So, <laughs> if you couldn't already tell, yeah, this ain't like anything you are going to have ever listened to. If you're new to the show, strap in. It's going to be a wild ride.
0: Uh, yep, I and guess. I, yes, I get, to, I get to tell you what it's all about. That's right. What is
2: this, a freakout? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. <laughs> I think I'm going to be sick.
1: <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing!
0: We're there. I just had an orgasm.
2: Ugh, me too. I always get all worked up when I hear that, and I just... come all over the place. That's right. So the Lotus affects everyone differently, however or wherever it affects you. Thank you for your courage and for propagating the pod father's model. And if you're new to the new agenda, this is how it goes. We are a donation value for value podcast, which means whatever value you get out of the silly shit you hear come out of my or phone boy's mouth, just return it to us and the ways you can do that our time, talent, and treasure. So by joining us, listening live, or listening at all, you're definitely giving us some of your time and we appreciate that. Your talent, by some of the things that come out of your mouth. As you've heard from our opening, we have many of our wonderful pedal heads and colleagues from the New Agenda family included, uh, clips of which have come from things that have fallen out of their moths, like happens to us. So that is definitely giving us some value for value with what is said. And of course, then there's the treasure part. That's where the donations come in and the boostograms. And we're gonna tell you all about those
0: yes we are and so um yeah and and so yeah you can go to lotus effect dot show and click on that green uh, we like money button and send us some fiat fun coupons if you wish um we have uh we, we you do boost grams you go to you can uh, if you if you uh, m- want to do it while you're listening uh, go go to new podcast com and go find yourself an app that actually uh, can can stream satoshis you can also send us things in the snail mail which uh, we've got we have a couple producers that do that from time to time and and meanwhile we uh, now we also do a, a a radio we do a we do a, a music request uh studio 33 rideshare radio depending upon uh, what day of the week it is but that's
2: right on fridays it's rideshare radio and it starts at eight o'clock central and it's a way to keep me entertained and actually introduce me to new music and the rest of the pedal heads who are listening then as you know after the shit show that you all enjoy as the lotus effect we do studio 33 another wonderful troll quest music show that keeps you going into the wee hours of the morning
0: Yes, it does, and so that's and 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 so we get a lot of we get a lot of requests uh, to to do this, of course, and so or we get a lot of requests. And one of the ways you can do a request is send a Boostagram because we prioritize Boostagram requests. Uh, so uh, we we got a, We got a test toast from Piranacy three thirty three sats I think he was having some trouble with his uh, with his uh, boostergram app. And a, uh, yeah,
2: Fountain was acting like a total twat and not letting him boost. So Boosty Steed was picking up the slack for him a couple of nights, and then he finally got it worked out. So thank you, Piranacy, for finally being able to get your shit back online yes we do like when fountain actually works properly
0: that's right well hopefully isobot yeah hopefully isobot will get fixed we let we thank you cotton gin for maintaining that that is it's a it's a great service we
2: do somebody needs to kick isobot in his nuts though he keeps going down if he's going to go down like that we're going to neuter him and call him a girl
0: yeah, well, anyway, um, so Weirdo boosted 3333 sats saying Cradle of Filth, uh, Nymphamphetamine Mix, or nif- nymphetamine Mix, I guess that's how you say that, and then Fazezilla comes in with 3333 33 sats, Mama T, saying Celebration by Cool and the Gang. Actually, I actually got to see that song live uh, by Cool and the Gang. This is what I brag, went to. Brag,
2: brag, brag.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, um, yeah, the, I, I actually, you know, so the trip that I did that, I actually, this that, that was a trip because it was to Cancun, right? This is a work trip. And I actually actually invited my ex to go on that trip. This was in 2012. Well,
2: we all know know that she had no interest other than your baby gravy and your money. So why would she want to be seen with you for any longer than she had to? And outside of, you know, the confines under which she had ultimate control.
0: Yeah, well, that, that makes a lot of sense now. Um, so meanwhile, Weirdo comes in with a thousand set boost saying, uh, Die di Antwoord. Uh, it's enter, D Antwoord. Or Dee uh, Enter the Ninja. And then uh, uh, then Peronacy comes in with 33, 33 sets. Uh, the dangling conversation, Simon and Garfunkel. Um Comes in again with thirty three thirty three sats saying Wichita lineman, Glenn Campbell, yeah we did that. And Weirdo with a thousand sats saying KMFDM Paradise. Then we got a boostogram from Mary Kate Ultra at seventy seven seventy seven sats saying thanks for the tunes.
2: I always love when she sends boosts. It makes me it makes me all smiley.
0: Yes, and then uh, yeah, they know that people are listening. Sometimes, even if they're not chatting in the in the uh, in yeah, the and
2: I understand that maybe everybody isn't on the Kiwi or the IRC, or maybe you just don't want to interact with other people, but you want to enjoy what's coming in your ear holes. We get it, and, and we still appreciate you, and thank you for your courage.
0: That's right. So weirdo comes in with a thousand sets, saying three one one beautiful disaster, and then we got a pair of a uh, uh, we got a pair of uh, boostergrams from weirdo at three thirty three. They're both Selena Gomez. Hands to myself and Bad Liar. And uh, Mama T comes in with 100 sets saying, no no more fucks to give. And then you follow that up with a This ten-
2: was last night. That was the first Rideshare Radio boost last night. That's The right. one for 100. And then my 1010 boost for all about the Pentiums, Weird Al. Beep,
0: beep, 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 oh, I beep, beep, beep. absolutely yes. love
2: that song. It gets me. I was bouncing all over the fucking car, dude. <laughs> Somebody would have thought I was having a projectional epileptic fit the way I was all over the place. It's a good thing my car drives itself because I was bouncing ooh baby and yeah. then weirdo 333 for some what the fuck how do you pronounce that
0: Il, Il esha and, and dewey db harp that's, right
2: what he just said
0: yes and then and then <laughs> then you boosted 1010 10 sets the Lonely Island go kindergarten and then, yeah, it's a great and tune. then uh and then mama T comes in with it with a hundred sets saying don't stand so close to me and then nice we guess
2: police too and
0: then we've got uh um, <coughs> let's see we got we got we got four boosts from uh, from weirdo uh, Ronald Jenkie's disorganized fun foghead I want to make love to you this is strictly doing my Phoenix Ganja white Knight uh, dirty girl I thought that was a cool track
2: hey I love the fact that even the pedal heads troll Phoenix when... Uh. She's not on the mic. No. Thank you for your courage.
0: Yeah, that's right. And then Quad City DJs, come on, write it. Yeah, we—that's what we do on a on a Friday night. We we ride it out. Uh, yeah, so- that,
2: that's uh, that's what Phone Boy plays when he wants to get naughty. Come on, come on, ride it. You know,
0: I I I, I don't need to play anything to get you to to ride it.
2: Hello. Uh, yeah. That's anyway, after 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 party <laughs> by god there may be children listening
0: that's right too well, late yeah exactly it was a little too early hey too late alright anyway we.
2: yeah we'll talk about that later yes. but right now we're going to tell you some more ways that you can contribute so like we were saying if you do not have a podcast app that lets you do those wonderful boosts to your favorite podcast you're either living in a cave or you're just not in the know so here you go go to nude podcast apps.com. That's right. Shed off all your clothes, nude podcast apps.com. Or if you're a little more modest, leave your clothes on and go to new podcast apps.com and get you one of those newfangled podcast apps. That'll let you boost your favorite show. Like the crazy shit you hear here on the Lotus.
0: That's right. Um, now, of course, you can also send us feedback the traditional way. We got some, uh, we we should talk about the stuff that, uh, that Dame Jennifer Wieda actually uh, was, was, you were talking with her about earlier yes, today. Yes, I
2: am, I'm excited. So uh, uh, it was probably about a week or so ago that Dame Jennifer sent me an email with a recipe in it from her Polish grandma for a soup of sort that has cabbage and tomato juice and all kinds. I'm going to post the recipe for y'all. Um... But it has sauerkraut, cabbage, tomato juice, kibasa. It's some onions, garlic. I mean, how can you go wrong with all these things? They're they're yummy. So you put them all in a pot and uh, you do it on low and slow because you know how you like it slow when you get low. And then, yeah, we're going to post pictures of it when it comes out all done. And we will give you all feedback as to how it was. But I'm sure it'll be delicious. Like I said, I'm going to post the recipe in the show notes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the uh, it, it, it's uh, so then of course so you can send if you want to send us mail you can do that or you can contact us on No Agenda Social. I'm Phoneboy at noagendasocial.com dot uh, com. Phoenix is P H E O N I X with a bunch of other crap after it uh, at uh, noagendasocial.com uh, You can you can do email where her email address is Phoenix at LotusEffect dot show and mine's Phoneboy at LotusEffect dot show. You can send us mail. You can you can call 253-237-3321.
2: One ringy dingy two ringy dingy.
1: Dell Computers, this is Chip.
2: That's right. Ernestine and Chip are not standing by, but Google Translate is, and it will mangle your transcription, and you could become a show title. So this week, our refire topic that you call 253-237-3321 to weigh in on is, what's your favorite hangover cure? We want to know.
0: That's right. And so, um,
2: When you do call in, and we love it when you sound off on this week or any other week's topic, uh, just... You'll hear it in the voicemails because that's where we play the refire segment. There is just one thing you
0: need to do. Well, there's a, well, yeah, you know, before. And, well, there's two things you need to do. But first, we're going to start with this. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide,
1: and say, "Give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it."
0: Yeah, and if you can't take it and you want to get us, you know, but you want to, you want to, or, or you, you like it, you don't like it. Well, you know, if you're sending us the feedback, just be careful. We don't want your shit.
2: That's right. Be respectful. Do not use any racial slurs. We don't care if you call us cunts, motherfuckers, or otherwise. We're fine with being the princess and prince of profanity. We actually lean into it. Thank you, Chris Abrams. That's right. We love you. We know how too profane we are for that motherfucker. But at the same time, he's a good sport about it, and we appreciate him.
0: Yeah, he's a good dude. um, Anyway, so I guess we need to, I guess, I guess the time we're we're starting off our, our show with our health segment, which is, of course, brought to you by Pfizer.
2: That's right. Now, breathing through your nose when you exercise may make your run a little bit easier.
0: I like fresh air, motherfucker. Now, I can tell you that uh, that, uh, that this is something that when I was running on a regular basis, although this is something that I actually need to be able to. Um, um, <clears throat> this, this is something. Well, I guess I guess we'll talk about this in Toast and Jam, but it's something I'm pr- that I'm going to start doing a little bit more of, I think. Um, the- but this was something that I was working on. Is is, is you know is when I was when I started getting into you know um, Wim Hof breathing and that kind of stuff. You start you, you start getting you start learning about breathing in general, right? And what and what value that has. And and, and so um, now most of, most of us would assume that breathing through the mouth is the best technique to use during intense exercises. It allows more oxygen to reach your muscles. Now evidence is showing the contrary though that breathing through your nose may actually be a better technique to use during intense exercise such as running. And, and this is something that yes I try to do when I'm. Running, and I actually try to manage it because if I if I can't breathe through my nose, that means I'm actually running too fast, and I need to slow down, right? Because I'm trying to maintain a certain heart rate, and it's actually one way to do that is if you if you can't breathe through your nose, then you might want to slow down a little bit because that's kind of what that is a uh, uh what uh, that's part of what's going on there. So
2: well, you're fucked if you've got a cold trying to run then.
0: Well, exactly. So now a series of studies have shown that when exercising at different intensities, less oxygen is lo- used when breathing through the nose compared to breathing through your mouth. Now, while this might not sound like a benefit. Fit, this basically means that the body can still perform the same amount of exercise while using less oxygen to perform it. Now, this could be a real advantage, especially for endurance athletes, as economy of movement is fundamental to success. Think of oxygen like fuel for a car. Uh, the fewer miles per gallon of fuel a car uses, the better its fuel economy is. The same applies to oxygen. The less oxygen used per footfall, the less energy a person uses, and therefore the more economical they are. This means you may be able to run further without becoming exhausted as quickly. Uh, Now further than this, breathing through your nose is associated with reduced volumes of air. Now this makes sense as the nostrils are much smaller than your mouth, so you can't draw in as much oxygen at one time. But the study also found that people breathe less frequently through their nose when exercising, which seems less logical. And, uh, you know, know, the key here is understanding that air moves from high pressure to low pressures to help it go from the air and into the lungs. Now, so although the volume of air is lower in the nasal cavity compared to the mouth, the pressure is higher, meaning the air moves more quickly into the respiratory system. So the result is that oxygen can then be delivered more quickly to the working muscles. You know, I've
2: actually seen... Um, these masks that people who do high endurance workouts put on that are actually oxygen restricting, I find that very interesting, especially in correlation with this story.
0: Yeah, I'm, I believe so. So, um, so, um, more oxygen is, uh, released per breath, which explains why there is no difference in the heart rate when breathing orally or nasally during the same exercise. So despite lower volumes of oxygen coming in, this indicates the heart doesn't need to work harder to deliver it to the muscles. So, which means the heart is under no additional stress when breathing through your nose during exercise. Now, researchers also suggest that breathing through your nose increases production of nitric oxide, something we talked about a couple, um, a couple episodes ago, which not only makes it easier for oxygen to reach the lung, lungs and muscles. Okay. Um, Yeah, okay, I will. You're going to have to talk. Yeah, uh, sorry.
2: Technical difficulty, pedal heads. All of a sudden, Phoenix's screens just went Fuck you! Yes, and I don't know why. Yes, I don't know either. That's... And I'm gonna make him edit all this shit out no, so no, that we're... we actually sound fucking professional. But
0: okay, I'm gonna have to turn. It's oh not... my fucking god! Yes, I don't know what happened here. But...
2: I don't either. I was literally moving my mouse from the yes. monitor yes. to the laptop so that I could, because the screen went dark. Yes, the screen
0: completely went dark, and I'm... no, it. Yeah, it, um, it
2: went dark like yes. it was gonna go
0: to sleep, and then it
2: and it wasn't responding to my touchpad okay, yeah. or the mouse. Okay, and then both screens just went forget about. Uh, okay,
0: well, some, this is what happens when you do a live to tape show. Sometimes, no, I'm not editing that out. Yes, because we're... you
2: fucking are. No, Come I'm on. not because because with well, this phone is... boy, we have had three weeks. How, now however, where shit has gone. Tits how, however, out. at least
0: this time people will be able to hear the shit because last time the problem was oh with mute button. Oh
2: my god, buttons. yes, we yes. actually are redoing a story yes this week because when we featured it last week there was it was a it was totally phone boy phone boying himself and he muted he was on mute for such an extended period of time and because i had my own roadcaster my audio was not picked up on the recording that he had because i think yeah something went shitty with audacity too but the TLDR is there was not enough of that particular story in order to keep it in the episode. Th- there was just not. Yeah, so we're somewhere. recovering it this week yeah. so that the information can still be put out to you wonderful pedal heads. And there actually be an audio. Ah! Bless you. At least you remembered your mute button this time. There will actually be an a um, a, a record, if you will, <laughs> of the shit show. Uh, As far as that article is concerned, so we will be redoing that but we are back to normal. Yes,
0: exactly Okay, so it's all it's all it's fun having technological difficulties. I I, I need to have that as a clip from oh
2: Yeah, it's a fucking party. Oh, I just love it when in the middle of my show when we're doing so great My tech goes fuck you fuck you."
0: hey, Hey, that button still works. I'm glad it still works.
2: Yes, we tested those buttons before and ensured that they still worked and actually in lieu of this shit there's there's something else that needs to be said about this situation fucking computers it's all their fault
0: Okay. So there you go. Right. So bottom line is, folks, it's actually so it's it's better to breathe in through your nose. I mean, just in, just in, for health purposes, no matter what you do, exercise wise, it's better to breathe in through your nose, and maybe breathe out through your mouth. Now, it, because when we talked about that last week, but it is, but I can I can tell you as 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 a runner, um, yes, it does. It is a little it's a little bit harder to do that, but it does actually make it easier to to manage the. Uh, it actually makes it easier to manage my uh, my uh, the, the the amount of effort I'm putting in because if I can't breathe through my nose, then, then I know I'm, doing, I'm going too fast. So and no, I need to that's, sort of,
2: it, It's interesting because I never thought about it before we were talking about this. But yeah, when you and I have gone together for exercising, I mean, this sounds weird, but I can hear you breathing through your nose. I've always found that very fascinating. I don't, I don't get weirded out by it. I just find it fascinating.
0: Well, yeah, because it is, yeah, but it, it's something that I've made a conscious effort to do when I run, and, and it, it's, and it's helped, I think, because it, because again, I, I use it as a way to sort of, uh, you know, measure and try. to If I'm trying to keep myself in zone two, which is, you know, we talk about with you know, heart rates and and, and what's gonna, you know, what's gonna help build your endurance. That's actually that uh, right. that's that's uh, that's why I do that. It's and I mean, I was running, you know, I, I was doing ten k a day back in 2020 and 2021. I haven't done that in a couple of years, but
2: nobody likes a bragger.
0: Yeah, well, Cotton Gin was talking about doing. It. So, you know, there, I think it's so I, I was I was saying, yeah, I can I, I I've done that. It's been I'm a little out of practice, but I could still probably probably get back to it again.
2: Well, you know, uh, that thing we're going to talk about in Toast and Jam, that's probably going to contribute well to you being able to do that. And I'd like to see it happen. I mean, I told you one of the things that I would like to be able to do with you at some point is to do a 5K.
0: Yeah, which is which is a little over three miles for for. Uh,
2: yeah, but I mean, you yeah. have to understand, as a lifelong asthmatic, if I'm able to actually do a three k or five k or a five k, that's that's going to be just such a triumph.
0: Yeah. So, all right, I think we've t- I think we've uh, exhausted this story. So, if you want to want to play the clip for the next story, yeah, it's seems to be. Yeah, somebody's got to be prepared with the clips here.
2: No, somebody needs to blow her fucking nose and was trying to clear the tissue box and was hoping that you were going to vamp another maybe 15 seconds so I could get my other board back knowing we were getting ready to transition since you've handed me the baton for all the clips. Thank you so much. Fuck you. Anyway, on to our next story.
1: Never let them see you sweat.
0: Yeah, that was that's a clip we pulled a long time ago. I, I, oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we started adding clips to the to the to each story just for just for fun. We've here. gotten
2: feedback that you pedal heads enjoy it. Yeah. And yes, Cotton Gin, we should do a no agenda 5K. I think that is a great idea. Yeah. But yeah, we've started putting clips at the beginning of our stories because we got feedback saying, yeah, this is fun. We like it. Do it. Do it. Do it.
0: There you go. So, uh, yeah, that that was a clip we pulled, yeah, we, and we've got this. Yeah, there, there's a reason I have a ten dollars a month iPad or iCloud, um, you know, two terabyte subscription. It's basically stored. It's 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 for our clip archive. That and our, you know, worth it. Yeah, worth it. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that we that was uh, amazing. We, even when we were uh, apart, it worked really well to 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 for us to share clips back and forth with each other. And so we're we're, you know, I'm the, I'm still the one generating most of the clips, or you know, cutting down the clips. But we, you know, oh. We are, But, but we are going to get her Wait until
2: you hear the one I have coming up that I did all by my
0: little self. Mm, Well, who to who? All right. So
2: that's right.
0: Mm. Okay. So the more we engage in structured exercise training, the more we tend to cut back on daily non-exercise physical activities, like riding a bike to work instead of driving or taking the stairs instead of hopping on an elevator. Now this is the conclusion reached from a meta study from the University of Copenhagen. Uh, according to the study's authors this is an important consideration for anyone seeking to lose weight now in 67 percent of the studies we can see people cut back on physical activities in their daily lives as compensating for more training this includes walking less cycling less and taking an elevator instead of the stairs said Julie Marvel Mansfeld a graduate student at the University of Copenhagen's Department of nutrition exercise and sports now I it's um, you know Mansfeld is the lead the lead author of a systematic view uh, a review of 24 research studies all of which describe people People's levels of daily physical activities before and during interventions with various structured exercise programs. Now, the study is published in the journal Current Nutrition Reports. Now, this does seem like it is uh, it's a it's a it's 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 interesting psychology, and it kind of makes sense because yes, I mean I do I see that people do this, and it seems like that yes, maybe you're not doing as much. You know, if you're if you're thinking about you know if you're if you're planning to do a certain amount of exercise, then you're going to do that exercise, and you look at everything else, and okay, I don't need to do that because I feel like I've done it. I mean, I know I've made that, I've made that calculation as well, but at the same time, yeah, you still need to move around, right? It's all this. Okay. I, this I think bit- I
2: have a, a counter position on that. However, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, because I noticed that when I started losing weight and committing to doing at least 30 minutes every day, etc., I found myself not parking as close to the grocery store. It was like, if there wasn't a spot within three or four spots of the door, I used to get like super annoyed. Now I can be all the other way at the end of the parking lot and I'm just like, duh, 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 we're taking a little extra walk today. La 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 Like it completely changed the way that I thought about doing the little extra things. It's it's much like Empress Emily and I have talked about where when you have housework tasks to get done, you just go have yourself a little smoke session. And then you tell yourself, okay, uh, we're going to set our body on autopilot and we're going to get this shit done. And you do because you've done it so many times, like doing the dishes or cooking or cleaning the bathroom, whatever. You just set yourself on autopilot and you're enjoying this nice mellow high while you're being a productive little stoner. It's fantastic.
0: Right. I, I I used to, I used to listen to podcasts while doing that stuff, which I, you know, but, uh, yeah, and, I, and of course, I was also trying to ignore people I was living with at the time. So,
2: well, that that's a little bit different, but yeah, we get that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, um, so here, okay, now, th- I, can you play? Then can you uh, let's go to this next story because this is
2: more sugar.
0: Now, in recent years, some healthcare providers have suggested that low carbohydrate diets, specifically the ketogenic diet, can help children and teens who live with diabetes or face serious risks of developing it. Which would be, have you seen the American diet, folks? Yeah, walk down the
2: cereal aisle like I've said a hundred times. You'll get diabetes just from doing so.
0: Well, yeah, then then, then you have the then then you, in Tennessee you have the grocery stores that have the little Debbie aisle. Yeah, you know, their little diabetes. Little diabetes. That's right. So, um so um <clears throat> now many point to the diet's effectiveness in helping some people achieve a healthy weight. Now, but there are others are not so sure that keto's severe restrictions are the best solution even for kids already living with diabetes. Now, what should- do you mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa. severe restrictions? What? Like um you shouldn't
2: be fucking eating sugar anyway because you're diabetic, so that's not really a sacrifice. Um, restrictions. Oh, you mean the restriction where your grain producers, your sugar producers, all of your hot, fresh, garbage ass food producers aren't getting their share of the titty because these kids aren't being pumped full of shit. Oh, how stupid of me. to forgot. forgotten.
0: Oh, well we have a story about that coming up coming up later actually um so now children in the u.s uh, get about 50 percent of their calories from carbohydrates what that's that's crazy yep which tracks with accepted nutrition guidelines set by the u.s department of agriculture what should that tell you um now, the trouble is most of the carbs our kids consume are from added sugars and starches in highly processed foods now now you want to hear okay i'm gonna break the fucking bell yeah. So, we yeah, break the bell. I think that might be a potential show title here. I think so, too. Yeah, so we're going to break the bell, because I think that, that has come up a couple of times in this show. Um, I mean,
2: I swear, phone boy, I wish I had known you when my children were little. They would have been so much better off. I mean, I was, sadly, that parent who believed the bullshit that they were giving you at WIC about, oh, you know, the food pyramid and blah, 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 like The fuck? I did the best I could. But I can honestly tell you that I would not have been spending the money on those cereals and everything like that had I known the nefariousness of all the food industry has to (coughs) offer when it comes to grains and sugars and things like that. I think my kids would have been much better off because I wouldn't have given two shits to make bacon and eggs and steak and eggs and pork chop and eggs and protein rich foods and limit the shit. I mean, they're kids. Look, I understand kids don't have the same mindset adults do. So you can't expect that you're going to take all of the stuff away from kids that every once in a while they can't have a glass of chocolate milk. Because I mean, honestly, growing children do need to consume milk. I understand it has sugar in it. But there are certain things that kids need for their development. And nut juice ain't it, I can assure you of that. It it's just it's it's not good. Soy is not good. But irrelevant to the fact, you know, we could be doing so much better for our kids than to just shovel hot fresh garbage into their faces. I mean, think about it, okay? What's a what's a good sized box of cereal run? probably six, seven bucks at this point, you can buy some decent thin sliced pork chops enough to equal what your pork chop and egg breakfast that you serve to your children would equal to a bowl of cereal and you're not pumping them full of all the grains and the sugars. But hey, I'm not gonna get on my soapbox today, folks. We're gonna have a friendly show.
0: Now, you want to hear the bullshit reasons they give for not putting kids on a low carb diet? This is this, this is some this is some grade A bullshit right here. Growing bodies need the healthy nutrients found in fruits, veggies, and whole grains. Now, um, I'm gonna call bullshit. Now, fruits and you know, veggies, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm not gonna disagree. The fruits and veggies might not be so bad. How, it, but whole grains? Now, they don't need that. They do need they do need nutrition. Now, in fact, a child's growth may slow down when carbs are restricted, and bone health may suffer too. Now, I don't think this is the case. I have not. I'm, but, uh, you know, certainly if you're eating a lot of, a, uh, you know, if, if you're not, if you're eating uh, nutrient poor food, yeah, you're going to have issues. But, uh, I don't think n- whole grains are necessarily nutrient rich. Um, I certainly know.
2: And the way that they turn into <laughs> sugar in the body when they're processed also makes them just, yeah, not real fucking good, especially when dealing with kids who have diabetes. And ultimately if you're pumping your kids full of this breakfast cereal, you're, setting them on the, you're beginning them on the path for pre-diabetes and diabetes,
0: so, ultimately. Now, kids need the energy that carbohydrates supply to thrive in school and life. Now, both the body and brain depend on carbs as healthy fuel for sports, play, study, social activities, and more. However, I've got to say... <clears throat> bullshit. And I'll tell you why I'm gonna say bullshit, because yes, the, this statement is correct. Is, yes. Yes, you know, the brain does need carbohydrates. In fact, it needs it so much that it's able to produce what it, it it's it, it it it's actually able to produce the fuel it needs on its own, right? The, the body can literally create glucose. It's called gluconeogenesis. This so for the few functions where the body actually needs sugar and it doesn't have enough, guess what? It can create its own. It doesn't you don't need to uh, you don't need so much sugar.
2: Yeah, and honestly, you know, they're talking about for sports and play and study and things like that. Guess what else gives you amazing amounts of energy for those things? Protein. Yeah. Yes. And it's not full of all that hot, fresh garbage. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a handful of nuts. Leave yeah. the jokes alone.
0: Yeah. A handful of nuts. Uh, Just I, I I can give you a handful of nuts.
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm aware of this. And when I need your utmost attention, I get a handful of nuts. And then I have your utmost attention. Yeah. But seriously, we can be doing so much better by our children if we are giving them an adequate protein supply, giving them a proper nutrient supply, and not just giving in to corporate big sugar and big grain And pumping them full of this garbage—it's—it's just unacceptable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, I I, I love the the meme that weirdo had had, had put into the uh, to the troll room. I think is relevant. I'll put it. I think I will add it to the. uh, I'll add it to the show notes. I hadn't seen it. uh, Yes, but it's vegan scientist mixing twenty seven carcinogenic chemicals in an attempt to make a soybean taste like a hamburger.
2: Yeah, very relevant. Thank you, weirdo.
0: (laughs) Yes, I think that's 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 good. Now, now of course we're not done yet. Speaking of of high protein. Now I did. It was funny because also my. And for some reason, my anti-malware kicked up on that link. I, I've, I've had that happen. Oh, was, damn. Yeah, it's it's probably just a false positive, I'm going to assume, because uh, sometimes it... Uh, but uh, yes, whatever. It's, yes, it detected. it was a it was an image file. Yes, of course it was, you know, uh, you know whatever. Duh. Yeah. Now, high-protein diets can be hard on the kidneys, as the kidneys need to get rid of all that extra protein the body doesn't need. I can tell you what's... You know, actually, that's not so much... It's, I, I don't know that I buy that, because uh, you know who had kidney stones? my ex well yeah and, and and I can assure you she did not eat a high protein diet so uh-uh. no I No, in fact, if anything, she probably could have used a lot more protein and a lot less of that other shit that she put in her mouth. But anyway, that, that's...
2: A- well, you know, if she wasn't so busy taking it in the ass, maybe she could have gotten a little protein shot now and again. Hello.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, she wasn't getting anything from me, I can assure you that. I understand this. Yeah, yeah, so now labeling carbs as bad foods may set up kids for disordered eating, fueling the patterns that lead to anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, and other health threats. And again, I say... <coughs> Bullshit! Because, yes... Because the way I look at it is It's not food, right? You're feeding kids not food and-, and we have that conversation in the grocery
2: store When we're walking through either the bakery aisle Or whatever You know, once upon a time, we fat kids We still live in there We, we still speak up from now and again And, and pout and stomp And it gets us nowhere However, you know, we will look at stuff And be like, that is not food And we've said it out loud We don't give a shit if people look at us in the grocery store you know, fuck off. Mind uh, your
0: biz. That's right. Now, um, yeah, meanwhile, um, so, so the stores, actually, so I think we need to go on to the next story here, which means you need to play the clip. Oh.
2: Oh. Oh. oh.
0: Now I think uh, No Agenda covered this story although they they covered it from the angle of uh, the fact that well uh, that Walmart is actually tracking people who have uh, Ozempic and this is and this is why this is an interesting this story. This is
2: just yeah, anyone who listened to the recent No Agenda episode heard them discussing the fact I, I think it was actually two episodes ago about Walmart tracking Ozempic users purchases and I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking dark." That that's just such yeah. an invasion
0: yeah so as sales of appetite suppressing drugs such as ozempic and Monjaro skyrocket corporate America is grappling with the question how does a less hungry less impulse prone consumer affect my business model yeah well you know that's there's a reason all this reason all the foods made so addictive right people yeah it, so uh, yeah because it causes them to buy more you know yeah so companies from Walmart to Conagra brands are weighing how much to factor the diabetes drugs known as Glp ones increasingly being used for weight loss into their strategies moves they make now could reverberate for years to come so the pressure is high to get it right now a survey of glp1 users by jeffries showed that more than 40 percent of respondents said they were eating out less yeah well trust me when you, you know, actually this that's a that's a funny story we so last night uh, this, actually i think this, we were I th- <laughs> okay
2: um so a little, a little prelude to toast and jam. So last night Phoenix got home at probably about two 30, 45 in the morning. I had a very late night because I had a late start and I was like, I got to make my car payment. You girl got a man up. So I'm like, I got to work as late as I got to work. And I, I just happened to be in a good situation where I, I made like $300 last night. It was fucking beautiful. But so, I'm on my way home and I'm probably within like 20 miles of home. And I'm like, foam boy, I'm like, are you hungry? He's like, well, not really. He's like, if someone presented me food, I'd eat, but I'm not hungry enough to get out in the kitchen and make something. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Something about it for a minute. I'm like, baby, I'm like, get your clothes on. He's like, well, I haven't gotten undressed yet. I'm like, good. I'm like, I want to have a. 3 a.m. drunk food at Waffle House. He's like, well, that's hot, fresh garbage. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can get bacon and eggs and shit. Like, we, we can make this work. So he's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. You know, spontaneity for the win. And then I'm le- like, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, going to Waffle House is a temptation because I would be tempted to get some hash browns, smothered, double-covered, double Lots of things. I don't want to talk about it. But anyway, I would be tempted to eat some hot, fresh shit. So I'm like, I have a better idea. Grab a couple of steaks out of the freezer. Are you willing to grill these bitches? And we'll have steak and eggs at like 3 a.m. He's like, yeah, that's fine. So I'm like, all right, boss. And then we get home and we're waiting for the steaks to thaw. And I mean, he looks fucking wrecked. And we'll talk about that in Toast and Jam, why he's so exhausted. But I'm like, okay, fair. I'm like, you want to just do this in the morning? I'm like, I know it's technically morning, but you want to just like go to bed? (laughs) Because you look exhausted. He's like, yeah, I kind of think I do. So we ended up not even going out or eating anything. (laughs) I got up this morning and my stomach was like, bitch, let me talk to you. You have not put a fucking thing in me in like 24 hours. We about to have a very serious problem. If you don't fill this cavern. So I made some tuna salad and it's all better now, but yeah, Yeah, we, we were so close to waffle house and then we pulled the reins back and I'm proud of us.
0: Yes, exactly. So now, um, now, a similar, a similar percentage reported ordering less when they did. Now, about 70% said they're eating less overall, and roughly the same amount reported increased awareness of nutritional benefits for foods. Well, based on the results, Jeffrey's analysis say packaged food companies, including Campbell Soup Company, Hershey Company, and Post Holdings, uh, all, all three of which serve hot, fresh garbage, by the way, could be adversely affected. Now, but the picture isn't so clear, with the analysis also pointing out that about 60% of the respondents intend to stop using GLP-1s once they reach their target weight. Now... It isn't just the obvious food-related categories that could be disrupted. Now, weight loss from GLP-1s could drive wardrobe revamps. I know I, it did for me. I mean, I replaced my wardrobe twice. Uh-
2: oh, my God. I don't want to talk about how much fucking money that I have spent since I've lost this weight. On, I mean, God, the wardrobe to go to Israel was $500 in and of itself. I'm still completely shaken from the fact I spent that much money to put clothing in my closet And at the same point in time, I look at that and kind of pop my collar and I'm like, yeah, bitch, you're getting a whole new wardrobe because you're working for it. So, yeah, I I get that whole wardrobe revamp thing. And this new thing we're doing, uh, there may be more wardrobe revamping.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. Now, um, of course, now plus size retailers such as Torrid Holdings could see sales decline. Although I would, I would argue that the, the, I mean, having been in Torrid with you several times, I think actually, they, they're, 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 I think they're going to do pretty well for even if, even if people lose weight, that they've got sizes in there for just about everything. So, uh, I think, I think, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm not fat shaming, mm-hmm. but when I looked at a size 30 dress and really looked <laughs> at this piece of clothing. I was mortified to think I was that big at one time. Like, I get it. It's a struggle, but it's not something that's unwinnable.
0: Yeah, so there you go. But uh, it is, uh, so, but yeah, it's funny, I don't think there, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, now, of course, some other companies like Lululemon and Hoka Sneaker uh, parent Decker's Outdoor Corp could benefit from healthier lifestyles. But um, so uh, Jessica Ramirez, an analyst at Jane Holland Associates, said the pandemic uh, provides a recent potential case study, noting that after COVID restrictions eased, many customers gained a lot of weight while others shed it. They had to replenish their wardrobe, Ramirez said, noting that apparel companies didn't have an issue adjusting their offerings and i can tell you that for sure they don't
2: well yeah because pretty much everything is online anymore to try to find something that you actually want that's not really run of the mill in the store good fucking luck and it's funny because i truly remember back in the day saying i can't stand this whole online ordering thing i prefer going to a store and now i'm Just, I've resigned myself that, well, they're probably not going to have it at the store anyway, so I might as well just have the, you know, big A box delivered to my house and problem solved. Less effort. Didn't have to spend gas to go to the store, etc. I mean, there are still some things that Like, I will not do clothes shopping online. That is a hard pass for me. I don't know if it's because being a fat kid, you're never sure how something's gonna look and fit and you could get it on and go, oh my God, I look like two hams fighting over a bologna sandwich in this motherfucker. You don't know. So it's better to have a mirror in front of you at the retailer, put it on, okay, I look smoking hot or ooh, who the fuck is that? And where did those 10 pounds come from? And you put it back on the rack. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was happy when I could go to a store to get clo- to get clothing. I mean, because to me, like, try I'm I'm you know if I'm going to buy clothes, I don't because I don't I don't like to buy a lot of clothes. But when I okay, buy,
2: but wait, didn't they have like a DXL or a. Um- so, okay,
0: what, what, okay. the hell is the other? Okay, actually, okay, so you know where I got, so, okay, they, they if they did, they probably did. Um, I never, I, I rarely went to those stores. However, um, it, I mean, they carry I, the actually, kind of clothing actually, that, you yeah, know, I will, I will
2: businessmen t- like you would yeah. wear, you know, the, the cargos yeah, yeah, and so, the khakis and the, you know, the yeah, well, dockers there, there's, and there's, shit there's, like yeah, that. Certain, but for fucking one of the ba. Size,
0: yeah. For yeah, well, I did. I ordered a lot of stuff from King Size, and then I, I was, but I, but I also King
2: Size is pretty much yes, akin it, to DXL. Yeah, yes. it's
0: exactly that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a it's a it's one of the Lane Bryants, uh, or Bry Lane, whatever the fuck they call themselves now. Lane Bryant. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the but Lane I think is the 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 the, the company. Oh, they and, rebranded
2: uh, that uh, shit.
0: Yeah, they, I'm sure they rebranded oh. that shit. Yes. So long story anyway. But uh, that was I was so yeah, and I, I could uh, the place I could go that was reasonably local that wasn't a pain in the butt to go to. Was was actually Fred Meyer in 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 the Port in Port Orchard actually had they actually had a, a reasonable big and tall section I could buy clothes there but um, but I was happy when I could go to a normal store when I could buy stuff at Costco when I could go to Walmart and buy stuff yeah that's because I don't because if I'm gonna buy something I want to I want to I want to see how it fits I want to do I want to do all the you know I, I don't want to I'm not gonna take a chance on it unless it's something that I can't get in the store anyway right but now I can order kind of standard sizes and, and and be assured that it's probably gonna fit me but it's, yeah
2: I had. Uh, when we when we moved here last year, and we were shopping for Halloween, to actually be able to fit into a costume from Walmart was such a great non-scale victory for me. And I finally settled on what I was going to do for this year's Halloween. So we'll talk about that behind the mic. But on with our story here.
0: Yeah. So actually, I think it's probably on with the next story, which means but we got to We we. Oh. We gotta, oh. oh. oh.
2: Ah, no diarrhea for you motherfuckers
0: no, Well, there you go uh, So, because, uh, yeah, this is actually a story about Manjaro, which may be better than fast-acting Insulin for uncontrolled type 2 diabetes Now, if you're taking insulin for type 2 Diabetes, you're doing it wrong, I can assure you that Now, uh, tirzepatide, ter- Commonly known by the brand name Manjaro Is currently prescribed as a primary treatment for diabetes However, a new clinical trial Indicates that the medication could also work as an Adjunct therapy for individuals prescribed Both slow-acting and fast-acting Insulin at mealtime Results from the trial indicate that uh, uh, terpepazepatide, when added to a regime of slow-acting insulin, was more effective than fast-acting insulin, probably also, a and I don't know about cheaper these days. um, Well, if
2: if the Ozempic is any indication of the price for the Manjaro, (laughs) then yeah, no.
0: Probably not, yeah. So it was more effective than fast-acting insulin, lowering A1C, aiding in weight loss, and had less incidence of hypoglycemia in people with uncontrolled diabetes. Now, researchers published those conclusions on October 3rd in the medical journal JAMA. Based on their findings in the SURPASS six randomized clinical trial, now the clinical trial was sponsored by Eli Lilly, which is the which is the company that developed Monjaro. Yes, there you go. Right now, researchers observed how the diver, different the different uh, Terzepatide uh, doses compared with the fast-acting insulin individually and as a pooled cohort. Now they found that the pooled group, which means all the participants that received uh, Terzepatide, ha- had a mean change of of, of negative two point one percent compared with negative one point one percent. In those who took fast-acting insulin, almost double the percentage change in lowering A1C was also dose-dependent. Now, uh, those who took five milligrams of tirzepatide saw one, a, a, a negative 1.9 percent change in A1C compared with negative 2.2 percent for those taking 10 milligrams and negative 2.3 percent in the 15 milligrams group. Now, the researchers also wanted to see how many participants could reach a specific A1C threshold of 6.5, which is still diabetic. That is still not controlled which so would signal a shift to the pre-diabetic range for blood glucose. Now, more than half of those treated in the pooled uh, terzepatide group reached this threshold, while only 22% in the fast-acting insulin group did. Now, additional threshold of 5.7%, which would put participants in a healthy A1C range, was also explored. Now, 18% of those in the terzepatide group reached this threshold, but only 3% of the fast-acting insulin group reached a healthy range. Now, um, Yeah,
2: because by the time... You have progressed in your diabetes to where you require insulin of any amount. You're fucked. Like, if you don't do something drastic and pull that emergency brake handle, you're heading straight off the cliff. That That's all there is.
0: Yeah. So, um, I think we're now, um, okay. So, I think we're now getting into, uh, I, I don't know, the, the the next segment here, the next Welcome show. to the Helpmaster Inferno, powered by PureMe uh, technology. This goes in your mouth. What happened to your clip there? Oh. No, I had clipped it. Oh, you had clipped it. Oh, okay. That's how
2: I cut it, because I was only getting the computer voice.
0: Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. So, the, uh, I didn't realize you'd done that. Okay. So, now... I'm AI- sorry
2: I didn't y- check with you. on being fucking awesome!
0: Oh, there you go. Well, AI predictive models are shown to be unreliable over time in clinical settings. Womp, womp. Um, this, Water's wet, too. Yeah, well, okay. So, um... Now, uh, models built on machine learning in healthcare can be victims of their own success, according to researchers at the I- ICON School of Medicine at the University of Michigan. Now, this uh, their, their study uh, assessed the impact of implementing predictive models on the subsequent performance of those uh, and other models. Now, their findings that the models uh, that using the models to adjust how care is delivered can alter the baseline assumptions that the models were trained on, often for worse. And they were detailed in the, in the October 9th online issue of the Annals of Internal Medicine. Now, the study simulated critical care scenarios at two major healthcare institutions at the Mount Sinai Health System in New York and Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, analyzing 130,000 critical care admissions. Now, the researchers suggested uh, or investigated three key scenarios. Number one, model retraining after initial use. Now, current practice suggests retraining models to address performance degradation over time. Now, retraining can improve performance initially by adapting to changing conditions, but the Mount Sinai study shows it can paradoxically lead to further degradation by disrupting the learned relationship between presentation and outcome. Now, you, now the, of course, the, you know, the other thing is creating a new model after one has already been in use. Now, following a model's predictions can save patients from adverse outcomes such as sepsis. However, death may follow sepsis, and the model effectively wor- works to prevent both. Now, any new models developed in the future for prediction of death will now also be subject to upset relationships as before. Since we do not know the exact relationship between all possible outcomes, any data from patients with machine learning-influenced care may be inappropriate to use in training further models. Now, that's, an, that's interesting. Um, yeah it is Yeah so Now the concurrent use Of two predictive models Now if two models Make simultaneous predictions Using one set of predictions Renders the other obsolete Therefore predictions Should be based on Freshly gathered data Which can be costly Or impractical Now 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 our findings Reinforce the complexities And challenges Of maintaining predictive Model performance in active clinical use Said co-senior author uh, Deep Singh MD Associate pro- for, uh, professor Of learning Health sciences Internal medicine Urology and information At the University of Michigan
2: That's a fucking mouth Yeah, no kidding.
0: Mouth, uh, mouth, model, (laughs) model performance. Yes. Yes. Got him! Model performance can fall dramatically if patient populations change in their makeup. However, agreed upon corrective measures may fall apart completely if we do not pay attention to what the models are doing, or more properly, what they're learning from. And, the, and and see, this is what y'all got to worry about with all this you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence. What are they learning and who are they learning it from? Because I guarantee you that's going to affect the results. And, yeah, and, and None of these motherfuckers are going to tell you what data they're learning, exactly what data they're learning, how accurate it is. Right, None of these I, motherfuckers I just are do it. had
2: this conversation with a computer programmer who uh, works with AI, and we were on total same wavelengths with the fact that you know AI is only as only as smart as what it's programmed with. It it still cannot adaptively learn to the degree that a human does so, and it was just it was this story just really fucking lit my head on fire.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it is, um, this is, um, you know, anyway, we, we this is yeah. Th- th- this is not a surprise to me because of course uh, any AI model does need continual retraining, and it, and it's you know again it, it it only learns the data that it's uh, that it's fed, and the, in the in conclusions it tells are good or bad, right? Because that's that's part of what happens in these models is is and so and as it is, it seems like they still have no control because they can't get the they can't get the thing to not answer a question when it's not supposed to. Yeah.
2: Or like the Alexa problem when she was saying that the election had been stolen, which I'm not I'm not. Seeing that as a problem but they apparently
0: did so you know exactly so all right i think we're on i think we're going to go to the next uh the next story here beef stroganoff
3: beef bourguignon irish beef stew do you see where i'm going with this beef it's what's for
0: dinner yeah, there you go. Yeah, this uh-huh. is, uh,
2: T- I, tell me you're the only one who can make a motherfucking clip. Yeah,
0: we're we, gonna. We, yeah, I think you just you're you're doing you're doing cool things on your soundboard. I need to show you how to use a sound editor, and then you can then you can really start doing well, some cool. Stuff.
2: Okay, baby steps, pumpkin.
0: Yeah, step in the right direction. After all, all right. So, a research team from the School of Public Health in uh, in LKS Facility of Medicine of the University of Hong Kong reviewed large-scale metadata covering more than 4.4 million people and concluded that red meat consumption is associated. With with a higher risk of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. For example, a 50 gram a day increment of processed red meat consumption is related to a 26% higher risk of CVD and a 44% higher risk of type 2 diabetes.
2: Excuse me, did you not just hear what you just said? Processed.
0: Well, okay, I, I'm going to get into this in a second. There's, there's more. There's a little more to this story, obviously. Now, the harm was less obvious in Eastern settings, which have a higher intake of whole grains and vegetables, I'm not sure about whole grains, vegetables probably, uh, and a lower red meat intake in Western settings, with a higher intake of red meat and lower intake of vegetables and whole grains. Now, the findings were published in the European Heart Journal. Now, using the unit of 100 grams a day increment of unprocessed red meat and 50 grams a day increment of processed red meat, the study found that higher consumption of red meat, both processed and unprocessed resulted in a higher risk of cvd and and type 2 diabetes the team also compared the risk in western and eastern settings now the study found that the hazard ratio of type 2 diabetes risk of consuming processed meat meat red meat is 0.96 Which yeah so which which is practically nothing right in in eastern settings and 1.51 in western settings and the hazard ratio of stroke risk consuming unprocessed red meat is 0.71 in eastern settings and 1.13 in western settings. Unprocessed. Okay yes this shows a lower risk of stroke and type two diabetes in eastern settings and in western settings. So the research team can considered the eastern dietary culture with more vegetables and seafood and less red meat to be the key difference in the setting. Now uh, the systematic review and meta analysis with with by far the largest sample size to date was led by dr jane Zhao z from the the school of public health of, of hku med now although the unprocessed red meat seems to have lower risk than processed meat uh, the research team found that 100 grams a day of unprocessed meat is still related to an 11 percent risk of cardiovascular disease and 27 percent higher risk of type 2 diabetes now the study provides an alarm that red meat consumption should be limited for cardiometabolic and planetary health reasons now of course when i read this i went huh the hazard ratios are less than two Okay, what is a hazard ratio? That might be I probably should have looked this up. So Yeah,
2: you might want to explain that.
0: Yeah, so uh, basically the thing to worry about with a hazard ratio is if it's less than 2, it's basically rounding error. If it's if it that means if the hazard ratio is 2, that means it's twice as likely to happen or, you know, how many times likely is it to happen than then uh, then, it, then it would happen, you know, with you know with whatever they're they're studying, right? Uh versus whatever they're not. So the fact that the hazard ratio is less than 2 means this is basically uh bullshit.
2: Precisely.
0: Yeah. So, so there you go. Right. Um, then I looked at that and I went, okay, so, th- so basically they're saying, well, they didn't, they probably didn't control for all the other shit that people do when they eat. Uh, you know, they might, they might eat red meat. They also might eat uh, stuff that's uh, you know, th- they might eat a little more sugar or something like that. So unless you're controlling for all that folks, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it.
2: Okay. So I want to add something from the culinary angle on this. If they are eating unprocessed red meat, It's not saying that they're not either putting, like, say, some barbecue sauce on it or putting it in one of those, you know, uh, marinades where you add oil and vinegar and whatever. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's grill mates. Um, I mean, I used to use them. They work really great, but they're full of a lot of shit. So, I mean, unless you're literally just counting the unprocessed red meat consumption being I had a just hamburger, no bun, no ketchup, no this, no that, or I just had a steak and it was just seasoned with salt, pepper, garlic, and onion. I mean, there's a lot of variables they're not looking at.
0: Well, exactly. So uh, meanwhile, I think, uh, I, I think this is something we need to look at here. California. Okay, this might also have played the clip uh, as a step in the right direction uh, from the step in the right direction department. California has become the first state to ban four chemicals commonly added to food that are linked to health issues. Now, although the law signed by Governor Gavin fucking Newsom He's still
2: a douchebag.
0: Yes, he's still a douchebag. Oh, yeah, he's, he's done a bunch of other weird shit too, but only, only, only bans the additives in the state. It's possible that the chemicals could be removed from products across the country NBC News reported. Now, the chemicals are red dye number three, potassium bromate, brominated vegetable oil and and uh, propel paraben now all four of them are currently approved by the u.s food and drug administration but they are illegal in european union and some other parts of the world nbc news has reported
2: okay let's just break this down real quick we all know red dye fucking anything is horrible for you any bromates or brominated you know there's a problem right fucking there and paraben Um, I'm pretty sure close akin to paraffin, which is a wax. So this kind of seems like something obvious that shouldn't have been in the food to begin with.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, this this is, uh, yeah, it, it, this, this is just a, yeah, they they should have, this stuff should have been in there. Now, I I, I was, uh, I, I actually wrote down as a as a potential show title, not that anybody said it, Red Dye 33, right? Because, you know, that that's a... I can get with that. Yeah, exactly. Now, the additives addressed in this bill are already banned in various other countries, Newsom said in a statement. Signing this into law is a positive step forward on these four food additives until the United States Food and Drug Administration reviews and establishes national updated safety levels for these additives. Now, the law will go into effect in 2027 according to nbc news now this gives brands time to revise recipes and establish national updated safety levels for these additives until the fda makes changes newsom said well okay um well i don't know what to make of this well i mean i don't this is you know i mean i don't buy the food that would probably have that stuff in it anyway so i'm not sure you know how that helps me but i guess it might help some other people
2: well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, something else that has been banned in the UK and other places yet is allowed to be used here in the States. Oh, corrects it. That shit that makes the oops, we fucking just spilled, you know, 5,000 tankers worth of fucking oil into your oceans. Yeah, it's the stuff that turns into little red beads of fucking death that saturates the soil And ultimately pollutes the seafood in that area for a very long fucking time, and totally diminishes the population and causes mutations. Yeah, that wonderful chemical.
0: Thank you, BP. Okay. Well, meanwhile, speaking of other chemicals, can you
1: fuck you doing blowing swishes?
0: Now, let's make sure that the the are... The, the, the this is are, the story yeah.
2: that got mute buttoned. It got phone-boyed in the episode last that we did it. So, here it's coming straight at you, the redux.
0: Yes. So, as the Food and Drug Administration prepares to issue a final rule prohibiting flavored cigars, a report issued by Rutgers Institute for Nicotine and Tobacco Studies and the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids documents how tobacco companies have flooded the market with cheap flavored cigars. That appeal to children and have used a variety of marketing techniques to attract young people we should have had the oh won't somebody please think of the children clip i might actually pull that yeah really
2: yeah because I, i mean i'm gonna have a little rant about the fact that quite simply i'm not a child but i love seeing all the brightly colored packages of swishers and the delicious flavors that they promise within and the nice cheap price that makes potheads like us so happy because we can make our blunts and enjoy the happy green herb in something delicious like a white grape or a strawberry. I mean, there's, there's so many neat flavors. They come out with limited ones like banana caramel. And it just, you know, it, because you associate they, they think kids are the only ones who are associating these flavors with Ooh, I want that fuck you those of us who are not consuming sugar yeah I see something that says banana caramel and I'm going to be able to get the flavor without the harm to my body and you know quote unquote of eating that yeah I'm all in so I think this is complete uh where's my clip for it I know it's here Bullshit! I think it's absolute and utter bullshit that they're trying to sell us on the fact that, oh, it's all about... They're marketing them to kids No, they're not just marketing them to kids uh, Unless you consider Big kids, because that's what the fuck I am
0: Yeah, Unfortunately, that's not a clip For some reason, I don't have that classic clip of Won't somebody please think of the children, but that's okay Uh, So now, according to a report compiled by The two organizations, sales of all cigars More than doubled between 2000 and 2021 Largely driven by increased sales Of smaller cigars, many of which are flavored Now, the hundreds of flavored cigars make up about half The cigar market, with flavors ranging from fruit punch and grape to berry fusion, iced donut, and cherry dynamite. Now, kids are the most price-sensitive consumers in any market, and these cigars are cheap, said uh, uh, Kimberly uh, Sterling, Associate Director for Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Oh, that sounds like a, sounds like, you know, I don't know, a bunch of liberal bullshit there. At INTS, and an associate professor at the Rutgers School of Public Health. Now, a pack of three cigars often sells for 99 cents. Actually, I think, what are we getting, what are the Swishers, like two for 99? They're not three for 99. Yeah,
2: it's like two for 99 or it might be two for one nineteen, depending on the flavor that you're getting.
0: That's right. Now, the report notes that these flavored products have helped make cigars the second most popular tobacco product among youth after e-cigarettes. Now, about 500,000 youth use cigars, and each day, more than 800 youth try cigar smoking for the first time. Now, black youth have had the highest rates of cigar smoking, with black high school students using cigars at 1.5 times the rate of white high schoolers. Now, the report comes as the FDA is about to issue a final rule prohibiting flavored cigars. The federal agency announced a proposed rule in April 2020 Based on evidence That cigar use Poses serious health risks Flavors increase The appeal of cigars And make them easier to use Especially for youth And removing flavored cigars From the market Would reduce the number Of youths who smoke cigars Flavors are already Prohibited in cigarettes Except for menthol Flavored cigarettes Which the FDA Is proposing to uh, proposing to prohibit Now now I could make an argument For banning these Because well They contain sugar Of course the tobacco Itself contains sugar As well right So burning all this sugar Is probably not good For uh, you, know, it's certainly, you know We talk about you know why your cigarettes bad. And, you know why some people live and some people. You know it's because because of what they smoke and whether it, and whether it's a you know sugar cured tobacco or whatever or not right. You yeah, know?
2: but here's the thing: if you have not ever smoked one of these cigars, okay, they are absolutely shitty for actually just smoking. The only thing these things are good for is fucking blunts. Okay, so if any of these assholes actually tried smoking one of these fucking things they would realize no kids are smoking these motherfuckers for the tobacco dickhead i'm i'm assuring you of this
0: yeah exactly i mean it's it's yeah i think this is i think this story is a bunch of bullshit and i'm sure it's a you know i'm I'm curious who's actually behind this as you know if i get right down to it
2: yeah i would love to know because you know it's not it's not legit
0: exactly well i i know i know what I, i know i like this uh this next story that we've got here
2: Cheese, glorious
4: cheese.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm a kid of the '80s, and I remember these uh, these, these ads from the uh, from, from, yeah from the Dairy Council. Yes, I was trying to find the yeah. There's I was looking for like one of the old say cheese uh, things, but yeah, that works too. The this cheese one goes, worked even better. That's right. Now, more than 180 years ago, Wisconsin farmers began making cheese to preserve excess milk from their cows. Today, according to the United States Department of Agriculture, Wisconsin is the top cheese-producing state. They do produce some pretty good cheese, I got to say, followed by California, Idaho, and New Mexico. Now, New Mexico. Apparently cheese is a staple there. Things like queso blanco, a, a soft crumbly white cheese, often melted into sauces to top enchiladas or crumbled over beans, tacos or huevos rancheros. I, I love how the article has a huevo has a pronunciation. The fucking pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. See see I'm from see I'm from California and and I know how to and I I see words like that and I go that's a Spanish word, huevos rancheros, you know, I can I know how to pronounce that, right? Have so, you ever had it? Probably, I'm sure, it was, and I'm sure it was a uh, fantastic. But it's not probably not probably full of hot, fresh garbage of stuff that I don't need to have now. It's uh,
2: true. I was just asking yeah, because yeah. I probably could find a recipe for it and make it more fitting for your palate if you were interested. Well,
0: possibly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. No, but
2: I, I'm. I'm all about this uh, queso blanco cheese. I'm telling you, if it's the stuff, I think it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah
0: cheese. So is, cheese is in the dairy group, one of the six core elements that make up a healthful dietary pattern, according to the 2020. To 2025 Dietary Guidelines for Americans. Now, while this report generally recommends lower-fat versions, some intriguing research suggests that traditional cheeses may also be reasonable choices. And of course, I think, I think anybody who knows anything about how how this stuff works, uh, yeah, you, you want more fat, not less. A natural cheese is a fermented food made with milk, salt, probiotics, um, you know, i.e., good bacteria, and rennet, which is a which is an enzyme that causes milk protein to form curds. A 2022 review in the journal Microorganisms included cheeses as a traditional fermented food. Uh, now, studies from around the world say these authors have revealed strong associations between fermented foods and reduced risk of heart disease, diabetes, as well as a lower risk of death. Now, cheese is also a significant source of saturated fat, which we are called to limit in our diets. Now, evidence is emerging, however, that we may need to just judge the saturated fat in foods by the company they keep, right? So it's not its not exactly. just... Exactly.
2: Yes. Because cheese is also a low-carb food. Did you know that? Uh,
0: yeah, it is. I, I'm aware of this. I, I mean, it has carbohydrates in it. And if you eat it in moderation, it's not it's not bad but that's right not,
2: but i mean i have a feeling that this is one of those yeah. um kind of like the way that the sugar industry outlawed that product because they were like oh it causes cancer but you'd have to literally like drink so much soda to get the amount that it would fucking kill you long before well, okay. you reach that amount.
0: So I ha- I have a bit of a side digression here on this because because this is something that in the in the Vinnie Tortorich group, which actually so funny I got I got I, I got pinged by one of the admins in the in the in the Vinnie Tortorich group because it, the, I'm, uh, I, it's known that I uh, that I that m- I might be in Israel or I might have some I, or, or at least I would have some uh, first hand knowledge of what's going on over there. And you know, do you want to make sure I was okay? And I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. You know? And so, uh, but uh, one of to, to, to those people that are trying that you know that because because oftentimes well you'll you'll lose a bunch of weight and then you'll kind of stall and then you you might even gain a little bit back and sometimes in order to get you know to to redial things in one of the things that people do is they they evaluate their their dairy consumption because dairy does have carbs in it not not a lot of carbs so if you eat if you, have, you consume it in small amounts you're okay and i can overeat cheese and so can you right we can both overeat the cheese there's
2: a reason why we have a cheese drawer in our refrigerator And at times our... Uh, our cheese bill at Costco has topped one hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's well, something we probably need to, to scale back on. But uh, but uh,
2: we're doing so.
0: Yes, we are. But anyway, the but but so the point is is that yes, it's 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 you know there's a certain amount of quantity that goes with it too. If you're eating you know if you're eating cheese all the time, yeah, that's that. And, and, and if you're and if you're extremely carb sensitive, yeah, maybe maybe not eating cheese is so great. But uh, or or maybe you should limit it. Now some people are allergic to it, right? You know the people are you know that are that are that are, that are that don't tolerate. Dairy at all right so you know maybe they, they yeah i should... feel bad
2: for those who are lactose intolerant you have my sympathies folks because oh jesus life
0: exactly well meanwhile i think we've uh, we've we've uh, gone through the uh, the health segment so it's time to go to the happiness segment the key to life is a penis in your asshole all right now for this next story <laughs> we will explain
2: I am a bona fide motherfucking princess.
0: Now, scientists prove no, gingers... No, 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 we have okay, to let me explain. explain. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let me read okay. the title and then we'll explain. Yeah, let me read the title. So scientists <laughs> prove gingers are totally normal, having been around for millions of years in other species. So now... When,
2: when we were trying to come up with a clip for this, he was like, wasn't there a Disney movie that had a redhead in it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's called Brave. She was a redheaded princess. And I'm like, oh, my God, the perfect clip would be bona fide motherfucking princess because she was red haired. She was Scottish and she was a princess. Phoenix has red hair, is Scottish and is a bona fide motherfucking princess due to her ancestry on her mother's side. So it was an obvious clip.
0: Oh, well, there you go alright so now scientists have found fragments of ginger pigment molecules in fossilized frogs which they take to mean that most famous of genetic mutations has been around for a long time now the university college cork in Ireland where there there is actually there, there, where uh, the concentration is highest in humans about 10% of the population are gingers uh, paleontologists discovered molecules evidence of of, of a, a, a pheomelanin uh, which is the pigment that produces ginger coloration in the amphibians dating back 10 million years now in a more more serious note: the findings of their study, published in Nature Communications, will enable scientists to better reconstruct the original colors of extinct organisms. Now, the research was led by UCC's Dr. Tiffany Slater and Professor Maria McNamara, uh, who collaborated with Swedish, Japanese, and Chinese uh, Chinese scientists. Somebody please isolate that. Yes, exactly. These find this finding is so exciting because it puts paleontologists in a better place to detect different melanin pigments and many more fossils said Dr. Slater. This will paint a more accurate picture of ancient animal color and will answer important questions about the evolution of colors in animals. Now, scientists still don't know how or why pheomelanin evolved because it is toxic to animals, but the fossil record might just unlock the mystery. Now, there is huge potential to explore the biochemical evolution of animals using the fossil record, said Dr. uh, McNamara. Now, In humans, red hair is specifically mentioned in peoples as far back as ancient Greece. Over time, red hair has always been uh, pointed out as a defining feature, particularly in northern Europe and Central Asia. Now, while thought to be typically Celtic, red hair was not uncommonly found in Kipchaks, uh, Azeris, uh, uh, Uyghurs, uh, Kyrgyz, and even Mongolians. And in fact, some accounts put red hair and green eyes on the head of Genghis Khan himself. Now... Like I said, uh, Ireland has the biggest, uh, it seems like it has the biggest concentration of gingers.
2: Um, Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, um, let's say, I'm going to have you read this next story while I prepare for what comes after it.
2: I have no problem with that. So, a mom and daughter were reunited as co-workers aboard a hospital ship with the nurse who saved their lives 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And a continent separated Catherine Conti, her daughter Regina, and a nurse named Allie, who was visiting their home in Sierra Leone and saved her life by funding an emergency surgery. Regina wasn't born on the day of that faithful meeting, technically, because Catherine was dying after four days in labor. Unable to afford a cesarean section that might have been the end if not for Allie Hogarth Hall, then in her 20s, who was visiting the hospital from a nearby charity. She managed to acquire the 70 pound cost for the surgery in 1993 and formed a close bond with Catherine and her new baby Regina, but they lost touch. Thir- or 18 months ago, as Regina and Catherine prepared to go to work aboard a charity called Mercy Ships, which operates a hospital ship on the coast of Sierra Leone, they got to see Allie, now 52. "'as she climbed aboard for a stint of volunteer work. "'To see Catherine again, it's very surreal, really,' said Allie, "'who's working in the dining room with her while Regina is on nursing duties. "'It's not something I ever expected until we made contact again, "'18 months ago or so, so it was overwhelming. "'We just sobbed. We cried and cried,' Catherine quickly added." Mercy ships operates hospital ships that deliver free surgeries and other healthcare services to those with little access to safe medical care. And it's where she had originally met Catherine all those years before the nurse told me that she would die and the baby would die. Allie recalls, Allie informed a colleague, a British anesthesiologist, Dr. Keith Thompson, who was part of her tour group who paid for the surgery. Then the nurses came up to me and explained, look, These strangers who came in are going to pay for your cesarean section, recalls Catherine. Whilst visiting Catherine in the hospital was easy enough, they lost touch when Allie returned home to New Zealand and Regina gained asylum in Australia. Catherine followed Regina there, and they both became nurses, inspired by Allie. They stayed in Perth, Australia, but Catherine regularly returns to Sierra Leone to serve her local community, even fun raising to found her own school the pair will spend the next month volunteering aboard the mercy ship while the ship's crew carry out surgeries and train more than 200 sierra Leoneans in health care their bond remains as strong as ever and this time they have no plans to lose touch ever again i think that's such a sweet story
0: I think it is too, and and, and what I, I think uh, what uh, yeah, there, I mean it's 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 great. You never know. I mean, I, I, as far as I've uh, you know, in my, in my experience as a um, uh, you know, it's been in the industry and been working for the same company for as long as I have. Yeah, I mean, people come and go, and, and, and you know, and the, the, you run into people that you haven't seen for twenty something years. I mean, it, this is so. I think it, it, it's and it's great when you can see that, and if, especially if it's like somebody in the family, you know, somebody that is a uh, you know that is connected to you in some way that that's you know more than just an acquaintance. I think it's a, you know that's. It's definitely important. So now, meanwhile, what is what is important here is uh, it is it is time for the cavalcade of stupidity. Heidi ho, pedal
1: heads, and
2: welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers Cavalcade of Stupidity.
0: Yeah. So unfortunately, the Rev is uh, busy this, uh, this yes, week. Yes, we
2: are sending travel rental karma To Sir Rev Cybertrucker because he is dealing with some bullshit on his end trying to get home to get his house sold so if we could just give him some great karma and positive thoughts it would be appreciated and the Lotus effect loves you Rev
0: yeah thank you Rev now meanwhile I will I so I will pull out my own extensive from my own extensive uh, um, you know knowledge of, of things uh, of, of things demented uh, so uh, Thomas Andrew Lehrer uh, born April 9th 1928 and he's actually still alive is an American musician singer-songwriter satirist and mathematician who later taught mathematics and musical theater, uh, he recorded pithy and humorous songs that became popular in the 1950s and 1960s. His songs often parodied popular musical forms, although they usually had original melodies. Now, except an exception of this is the elements in which he set the names of the the chemical elements to the tune of Major General's song uh, from Gilbert and Sullivan's uh, Pirates of Pen- Penzance. Now, he, he the way he described it is he he described it. He says, I I've, you know this this song is just a uh, just just a, a recitment of the elements. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, Set to a possibly recognizable tune, which back then it was.
2: Say that that was how you actually learned your table of elements was through that song.
0: Yes, exactly. I,
2: I thought that I hadn't had a stone moment. You had actually said
0: that. I did actually said that. Yes, I, and actually, I actually did a, uh, I actually did a, um, what do you call it? I actually did a science project because uh, I because I built a program in in, in like in my sophomore year of high school. I built a program that would quiz people on the uh, you know on the uh, elements, right? So it show it would show the, uh, the the name, and you'd have to type in the uh, you know the, the the chemical symbol for it. So uh, this was a-
2: wow. No wonder. I wonder you married that fucking cunt. Why? Because she was literally the first one to touch your pee-pee, you fucking nerd. Who builds programs in their high school fucking years? You fucking egghead nerd. I love you with all of my heart and
0: soul. Wow. Yes, okay. Now, meanwhile, Larry's earlier performances dealt with non-topical subjects and black humor in songs such as Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. And in the 1960s, he produced songs about timely social and political issues, particularly for the U.S. version of the television show That Was the Week That Was. And in fact, I'm gonna, the song I'm going to play is actually from that, now the popularity of these songs has far outlasted their topical subjects and references. Now, later, Lehrer quoted a friend's explanation: "Always predict the worst, and you'll be hailed as prophet." In his early in the early 1970s, Lehrer largely retired from public performances to devote his time to teaching mathematics and musical theater uh, history at the University of California, Santa Cruz. Yes, uh, that, you know, I, now I did not go to UCSC, but I knew where UCSC was. Um, so, uh, and so meanwhile, I'm going to play a song that I think is uh, still kind of relevant today, uh, maybe for different reasons than before, but. Uh, now, something else I'll also point out about Tom Lehrer—he actually, he actually, did, he actually uh, made, the, he actually released the copyright on all of his songs. He says, "You know what? Do whatever the fuck you want with this stuff." So, I'm going to play the whole thing. Here. This That's is not, pretty cool. Yeah, this is not a, a long track anyway, so I'm going to play the whole thing. But this is a this is a, a song for World War III called "So Long, Mom" from Tom Lehrer.
1: This year we've been celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Civil War and the 50th anniversary of the beginning of World War I and the 20th anniversary of the end of World War II So all in all, it's been a good year for the war buffs And a number of LPs and television specials have come out capitalizing on all this nostalgia with... with particular emphasis on the songs of the various wars I feel that if any songs are gonna come out of World War III, we better start writing them now. I have one here. You Might call it a bit of pre-nostalgia. This is the song that some of the boys sang as they went bravely off to World War III. So long, Mom, I'm off to drop the bomb, so don't wait up for me. But while you swelter down there in your shelter, you can see me on your TV while we're attacking frontally. Watch Brinkley and Huntley, describing contrapuntally the cities we have lost. No need for you to miss a minute of the agonizing Holocaust. Yeah! little johnny jones he was a u.s. pilot and no shrinking violet was he he was mighty proud when world war three was declared he wasn't scared no siree and this is what he said on his way to armageddon so long my I'm off to drop the bomb, so don't wait up for me. But though I may roam, I'll come back to my home, although it may be a pile of debris. Remember, mommy, I'm off to get a commie, so send me a salami and try to smile somehow. I'll look for you when the war is over, an hour and a half from now.
0: i don't need to play the uh the, the that's the full version of that song so i don't need to play that during studio 33 but i probably right. will add some more uh, i probably will add more tom layer to the to the off hour stream because i always like his stuff um,
2: yeah and it's not horribly offensive
0: no it's not horribly offensive so um now okay it is now time for the toast and jam segment and uh no, yes it is and, and we're gonna start with actually what you what you got planned for monday and monday's that's going right. forward
2: Miss Hempress Emily, who happens to be in the chat right now. So shout out to her. Thank you for your courage, my friend. We are going to be doing our pilot episode of Coffee and Chronic at 7 a.m., that real early hour where you're like, what the fuck am I doing up this early? Oh, yeah. I'm a responsible adult. I have a job. Yeah. So Monday morning, 7 a.m., on the Lotus Stream because for right now, we broke white bitches and we cannot actually afford to get our own domain, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, part of why that is uh, a little later in the Toast and Jam here. But it's going to be a great time. We're it, It's kind of like two yentas yakin is, is the way I'm thinking about it. So we've got some topics we want to kind of toss back and forth opinions on and we think it's really entertaining. So we're going to put it uh. Behind a microphone and entertain you fine folks with it.
0: Yeah, so the the, the episodes will show up on the Lotus Effect uh, feed uh, for, for for listening for pleasure later on. So I still need to put I need to put um, episode five, a funny thing about murder, which we did uh, last uh, last Sunday uh, uh, after no agenda, yeah, so, a- after Lotus Effect, which was done after no agenda. You're
2: right. Um, yeah. So if you're not if you're not able to peel yourself out of bed, or seven a.m. is when you just fucking fell into bed. It will be for posterity recorded and put on the Lotus effect dot <coughs> show
0: website. That's right. So, anyway, um, <coughs> excuse me. Now, meanwhile, uh, what happened? Okay, so we're in into Tales from RideShare, and I think um, you you had a great idea from the that um, that we that we've now that we now implemented in both cars, actually. That's
2: uh, right. Because when we went to Israel a couple months ago, we participated in the protest, as we've talked about. And we kept our flags because you fucking do. And I was like, you know what? I I asked phone boy, I said, will you find my Israeli flag? I want to put it on the dashboard of my car. I want to show support for your coworkers, our friends, the ones that I've met, the ones I've yet to meet, and the wonderful people that I did meet and that, you know, you've met before over there. Um, to, to kind of say, Hey, you know, we're, we're standing with you and, you know, we're praying for you asking, you know, karma from the universe. So I put my Israeli flag on the dash of my car and Phoneboy boy followed suit and took photos and everyone has been really positive. Uh, phone boy actually posted it in the chat so y'all can see it.
0: And if you're not, and, and don't worry, they will be in the, show, be in the notes. show notes, of course, yes. Yeah, so well, that that is, but yeah, that is something we will. Uh, yeah, we're, we'll make sure that uh, we we have those because yes, now we got to, we have them in the we have them in the in the dash of the car, and so so that people can see them, and yes, yeah, so we're showing. You know, so, That's right. Yeah, you know, we're we're supporting our friends in uh, in uh, you know in, in in Israel, which I think is. Uh, I think uh, it's
2: important to do, and I actually did have one rider <laughs> who commented and and said that they liked the flag, and you know we had a brief chat about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, now, meanwhile, you you had an interesting adventure yesterday. It started with a, with a pickup of a code monkey. It uh, did. Uh, yeah. So
2: there was this ride that I noticed on the reserve um, map for Lyft that was paying like $72. And I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I can get to the area by then. And it was picking up from the airport subsequently. Like, all right, rock and roll. And I knew it was going down Interstate 24, kind of toward where Mama T lives. And he gets in the car and we start talking and he's a software engineer, computer programmer. And we just, of course, you know, because I'm studying to get my degree, we yakked about tech and just had a great goddamn time. It ended up, he asked me, He's like, "Um, you know, are you busy after this? I'm like, I'm not sure. He's like, I have a couple of errands to run. He's like, you know, I can I can either order, you know, order your ride again or, you know, we could do it off the books if you want. I'm like, dude, I'm cool with be off the books. You know, fuck ride here. I'll park right over here. You get yourself situated. And, you know, when you're ready, I'll be I'll be here. It ended up he was going down to a pagan music festival that's going on down in pelham tennessee and it was really cool especially because we're supposed to be having a eclipse tonight so i i I saw some of the attendees of this festival and i really wanted to go hang out with these folks there was a bunch of people dressed really pagan jumping around just having a great fucking time living life being present and i was like oh damn it me having to be a responsible adult and fucking work but it was awesome to talk with this guy about everything from ai to code to just it was amazing
0: yeah, So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and you were, and, and there was, because there wasn't, there there wasn't a lot of ride share down there, you, you, man, you were able to. Yeah, catch-
2: I actually, uh, I had two other rides that resulted, and you can tell with the way these folks are dressed, where they're going. It's a small area. You're probably not going to be going to Nashville dressed that way. I mean, you might be, but nonetheless, it was pretty much, I see these folks and I'm like, caverns? They're like, yeah, how'd you know? Yeah, there you go. I mean, those boots, goth girl, give it away. But I loved those fucking boots. But anyway, it looked even fucking cooler after dark. And one of the things that I loved about it was that they had people who were setting up yurts. And I I like yurts. So it kind of touched me like, fuck, this is kind of like what modern day Woodstock is becoming you know these pagan music festivals and these Bonnaros, and you know you've got Coachella and shit like that. I mean, people are in the music scene; they're they're into the experience, and you just need to find your people. You know, experience this. Um, we recently found out through Hemphis Emily. That there is actually a weed fest that's held in D.C. of all places. So we are planning, hopefully, fingers crossed, for 2024 to make the pilgrimage to D.C. and check this motherfucker out. I'm even thinking that maybe we can do it as a uh, a double date, if you will, with Hempers Emily and uh, St. Thomas. And the little one, that would be gee.
0: Yeah, that's, that's cool. And then you, you mentioned this thing about autonomous taxis coming uh, to, to oh, Nashville. Oh, I
2: had a rider tell me that, um, uh, what is uh, the name of that? Yeah, Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> yes, those fucking autonomous taxis starting in November are going to be in Nashville. And I'm like, oh, fuck no! I'm like, I need, a, I need a supply of road cones. Because, yes. of course, you know, if you put a road <laughs> cone on the hood, it... Fucks
0: them up and they can't okay. go anywhere. <laughs> okay, so so I so so I found a story about this, by the way. Just kind of just this. So this was this was announced actually awesome. back in July. Yeah. So Cruise CEO Kyle Voigt said thir- said uh, you know whenever this was uh, done, it will expand its robo taxi service to Nashville as the GM subsidi- subsidiary. That's an important thing. Uh, ramps up its commercial operations. Now the company's uh, self driving vehicles will arrive on Nashville streets. Uh, well, uh, they say this week, but uh, uh, with a robo taxi service to follow. Now the announcement is the latest example of Cruise's aggressive push into commercial operations. Now, Cruise will also begin testing in multiple new cities, according to the company. Now, if the company's career page provides any hints, it seems Atlanta is one of them. Now, a year ago, the company only operated in San Francisco, has expanded to Austin, Dallas, uh, Houston, Phoenix, and most recently, Miami. Now, Cruise isn't commercially operating in all of these cities just yet. They just established a formula for its rollouts. Now, the company typically enters a new market with test vehicles. Eventually, those vehicles will will lose the human safety operator, making it driverless. A ride service will become available first to employees and then customers who have signed up for the service the service area and hours often start on a limited basis and slowly expand now anyway that's a blah 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 but it's but anyway that this is this is something that's coming and yeah i'm not getting into an autonomous uh, driving vehicle i don't think that's. i
2: think this is going to be a fucking nightmare mark my words folks put it in the purple book i drive with these assholes Every fucking day you put an autonomous vehicle in Nashville and you especially with how people get fucking drunk and do stupid shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. My
2: brain is about to explode. So if you hear a massive boom, my head just went because I can't even wrap my head around trying to drive around these fucking things with the way... People drive. The interstates are gonna be fucking gridlocked. The side streets are gonna be fucking shut down. This is gonna be an absolute nightmare.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Good luck with that. Let's see how that works. Yeah.
2: yeah oh, you know, we're not done reporting on this. I assure you. Yeah. Well, we are here for you, pedal heads.
0: <clears throat> yes. Meanwhile, I um yeah, unfortunately, I thought I was done with something. Yeah, probably not. Um. So. Um. So for in the, in the, in the, in, the uh, in the saga of my divorce. Um, so I had a, um, I got a, I got an email from my now ex-lawyer. Informing me that, of some communication from the from the opposition about uh, something related to um, well, meeting the agreement and the order that is now that is now in force. Now, I, I dis- I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, other than to say I I, I disagree. I believe I am meeting the uh, requirements and and that I intend to challenge it. I, I, if that if they wish to uh, um, bring it to court, I'm you know. I'm, I, I'm, I has, like I said, if they want to get it changed, they need to have, they need to, uh, they need to have a court do it. So, uh, so yeah, um, then my lawyer, I, I told my lawyer, I said, uh, yeah, I would like to retain you to deal with this. He's, he's, he decided to know about. So now I'm on my own, uh, which I'm not happy about. But at the same time, I think he did me a favor because now, um, they have to deal with me. And, uh, guess what? Uh, yeah until i until I see uh, some legal paperwork, uh, probably not gonna respond to anything that they have to say. so yeah, the fact that they've got my contact information, yeah, uh, good luck with that because um, until I see some legal paperwork, you're not getting anything out of me because I don't feel because this point uh, yeah, there's no legal obligation for me to communicate with these people. so you know until there is such a until uh, I'm required to by the fact that there's a uh, that there's a hearing that i've that I'm required to go to then. I see no reason to to say a damn thing to them.
2: Yeah. And basically, you know, my response is.
0: That fucking bitch. Yeah. I just, I just would like to point this out that this, that the divorce has been going for basically two years, right? And this is because it started. And it's
2: very simple. She can't fucking get over the fact she lost. End of story. Your gravy train left the fucking station, and you weren't on it, bitch. Get the fuck over it. Stop being a fucking useless mouth-breathing cunt. Because, I, I, you know what? There's gotta be something in the fucking water, in the air. Maybe it's the eclipse. My ex decides to send me the most inappropriate motherfucking text message today, along with a video. Basically, telling me in his own mentally fucked up way that he's not over me and he is pissed it it blew my fucking mind when that when i read that text message i was like are you fucking kidding me this is truly a new low that he has sunk to i mean i'm not going to give details of it those who know what it's about have already seen the text message and agree that he needs some professional fucking help.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, my my response, which which maybe which you know, without context of when I when you when you sent that to me, I'm like, you're you're still talking to him because not because I not because I was upset by it, but but because like this the, the fact that he's able he's sending you these messages, it's like why is he doing that? Now, that was that was more okay. Of my, But let me give the context also that my when
2: I was telling phone boy about this text message, I was very distraught and I was looking for him to kind of hold me and connect with me and understand what this was doing to me. And instead I get, why the fuck are you still talking to him? I felt so wounded And I was like, are you fucking kidding? This is the reaction that I get when you can obviously see that this fucked my head up. And I, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm actually wondering if this piece of shit isn't fucking listening to our show. I've actually come to the fact that he may be so fucking delusional in his head that when we were together, he wouldn't fucking listen to the show. But now that we're separated because it fuels his ego or some shit maybe he fucking beats off to my voice I don't fucking know but it's it's really made me think like what the actual fuck and I could go one of two ways on it I could be terrified that anything I say is going to be used against me by my ex-fuckhead but I choose to take the come get some bitch you want to use my words against me fucking roll the dice I owe you nothing.
0: Exactly, which is how I feel to my ex. And but uh, anyway, so we'll see what happens with this. Uh, I, I have, I, like I said, I have made my, I have decided exactly how I'm going to deal with it, and uh, we will, we will see how far it progresses. But uh, uh, yeah, well, needless to say, it was a little bit of a, it, 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 and it was one of the situations you could look at and go, well, my lawyer, you know, my lawyer abandoned me, right? It could be, I could be pissed off about that, and I, and I was, uh, I was mad about it for momentarily. Yeah, I was mad about it for maybe a minute or so, and then I looked, and then I said, hmm, maybe this is a good thing because now they've now he's made it harder for them to to uh to actually ec- execute any sort of legal maneuver because now they got to deal with me and uh yeah and i and i susp- and if they do end up uh if 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 i do get called in for a hearing yeah maybe at that time i will uh i will uh, i will get an attorney on board to uh, to assist but beyond that um yeah, it's just like she still can't uh, get over it. And you know, and I mean I could like I said, I, my feeling on it is that uh she does not want this to go in front of the court because yeah, she'll get embarrassed. Um and she knows That's it. Right. And uh yeah, because and it'll be there in black and white for anybody who wants to find find it out. So you know there you go um now all right we're going to we're going to drop that topic like a hot potato and move on to something that uh, you came to me this this is this was um this was your idea i told you i actually had to explain it to you and then you and then we kind of we still did it anyway uh. <laughs> guilty as charged
2: so i decided that i've been looking in the mirror and i don't like what the fuck i see because From the time we moved in here a little over a year ago, maybe about a year and a quarter or something to that degree, I've gained like 30, 40 pounds and I'm like, no, it's like 30. Um, I mean, yeah, I've made the joke, you know, who I gained, you know, twice the freshman 15, but it's not funny. I don't like what I see. I don't like the direction that my health is moving. And I decided like, fuck this. I'm doing 75 the hard way. And so... We looked up the 75 hard program and what the structure around it is. The five critical daily tasks that you have to complete every day for 75 days straight. And those tasks aren't that hard. So you just follow any nutrition plan designed for your goals with no alcohol and no cheat meals. You complete two 45 minute workouts every single day. And one of them has to be outside. Drink a gallon of water every single day. You read 10 pages of an educational or self-improvement book every day, and then you take a progress picture every day. And at the end of this 75 days, I feel like, one, I will have hopefully lost a good amount of weight, but I also plan on continuing past the 75-day marker because my initial thought when I said I wanted to do 75 hard was 75 pounds so I'm still good with the structure and then I'm getting things in place so that we can be successful doing this but because at some point we were talking about it because I think I asked you exactly what the parameters of it were and you explained it to me and somewhere within that came the uh So you want to do this with me, phone boy? (laughs) And of course, your insane ass was like... Yeah, I guess so.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I figure if I'm going to be supporting you doing this, because it's going to involve getting it, because that, there's that getting up at 4.30 in the morning. You're
2: going to be my struggle buddy, because I'm yes. not a fucking morning person. But here's the thing. Hempress Emily is also in on this. She I, I don't know if she's going to actually do 75 hard like we are, or if she's just going to be the awesome friend who, since she's up at 4.30 in the morning, calls my useless, lazy, sleepy ass and says, get the fuck out.
0: It's time
2: to exercise, bitch! Because that's when I have to get my first exercise regimen in is going to be first thing 4.30 in the morning. Especially Monday, since we're on air at 7am. So I have to be able to get my 45 minute workout in plus get a shower and be somewhat cognizant to be able to be on mic and kick off the new coffee and chronic show
0: that's right so um I meanwhile well, i think uh now i think at the moment i think we're gonna go to voicemails uh, we this is uh, this is the this is the part where we we, we do the refire topic of what's your hangover cure that's right uh, yeah so we got a
2: 253 so- 253-237-3321 Call and tell us what your
0: favorite hangover cure is. All right. Meanwhile, we we got this caller to start things off.
2: Oh,
4: man. Oh, boy. It's a Saturday. God, I got a good Saturday. Going over over to the folks' house and uh, going to help them do some stuff in their backyard. she so. shall be good because it's just stuff that needed to be done for a long time. So, anyway, uh, that's the story now. Um, I actually had used uh hangover uh cure uh last night slash this morning. Um I didn't drink. And then this morning I didn't have to deal with anything. Yeah. So it was great. Not drinking is a wonderful hangover cure. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, I've never like really been like where I really felt it too much, it's usually just like lack of sleep. So I know I'm not, I don't sleep as well if I, if I drink. Um, really, I mean, any amount, like, you know, eat science. Um, obviously, it just, just, you know, doesn't help you uh, sleep better. I get tired when I drink, but it obviously just doesn't make you sleep better. So, yeah, waking up in the morning and had a little too much and then you're just kind of like groggy and. So she should just drink a bunch of water and have some awesome coffee just because that's just my habit in general, just to have some because I enjoy it and uh, keep on trucking. So, yeah. But just drink water and limit the amount. Face it up. Because uh, actually, yeah, we won- I still got time. We went to a wedding and they had like open bar and then we – Ended up staying at this, uh, at the hotel location where I uh, got a room and sort of stuff. And then they were still had drinks. And I was like, oh man, just having beer and wine and stuff like that, but like spaced out versus like having liquor. So much different because everything else is like, you know, liquor just hits you more, obviously, stronger. Um, but I was like, so all of a sudden I was like, oh man, I had quite a bit last night, but felt, you know, fine kind of deal just because it was spaced out and less concentrated. The alcohol, so yeah. So, but he yeah, just, you know, life's good. Forgot the other stuff, you know. Don't don't let it be a uh, dependent or destroy life and, and whatnot. So, talking. Obviously, I'm not opposed to drinking, but yeah, do less of it, I guess. Um, so, all right. I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether or not you got a hangover or you don't have a hangover, go ahead and give a hearty.
2: Mr. Christopher Battles. Thank you so much. What a fantastic voicemail. I love that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, by, by
0: the way, Stud Dangerous was a, a potential show title. Oh, hell from-
2: yes. And and I have to agree. Two thumbs up with the if you don't drink, that's the best hangover cure is don't drink the night before or don't get completely fuckered up. Make sure you stay hydrated absolutely
0: I, you know what I, this is I, I need to put I need to do this I need to go or I need to go the, the, the hangover cure that, that, that I need that we need to try we need to get some vinny ultra salt and use and drink that when you when you start drinking yes yes however but we are for however the next 75, 75 days we're not however get, many we're,
2: after that we're
0: not drinking we're not drinking that's right so so there you go all right so meanwhile we got the we got the next yeah, call th-
2: this is the last night we get to drink
0: yes all right so here come here, here's our here's our next caller uh, that's, that's called in What's that? oh that's
3: weirdo um so uh what is my hangover here? uh first and foremost not drinking uh, but I've always been told it, it, it's grease. Something, gotta have something greasy. My mom used to tell me when she'd go out drinking when she was a kid, she'd come home, she'd be all hungover the next day. They weren't really supposed to be out doing that, you know. And, uh, grandpa would always make her a nice big old plate of runny eggs first thing in the morning. to where she, <laughs> uh, she hates runny eggs. But, uh, that's why it's funny. Anyway, um, I, uh... I like a greasy breakfast when I'm hungover. You need something to stop up whatever alcohol is left, maybe some toast, or if you're not into toast, uh, maybe some potatoes or something, half brown stuff, something that's going to absorb a little bit of moisture. And then you need that grease to coat your the lining of your stomach so it stops the alcohol from the irritation part. Um, I've also learned that... Uh, to drink a glass of water and take a couple ibuprofen before bed when you've been drinking, that helps. Um, or uh, shit, what was I gonna say? Yeah, water before bed, uh, ibuprofen before bed. Oh, 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 uh, eat something greasy before you start drinking, um, be it a, a, a cheeseburger or pizza or whatever other greasy substance you have, um, that's probably, like I said earlier, it coats your stomach with that grease, and then the alcohol doesn't irritate your stomach, and you're less likely to throw up. So I got a minute left, so let's get this out. One time I was drinking with some cousins, and we went to this barbecue place uh, in Kansas City, a little hole-in-the-wall barbecue pit, and I got a bunch of, uh, I got a barbecue brisket sandwich, whatever, and I got some potato wedges. Well, we're drinking, smoking, playing cards and shit. And then uh, um, I I passed out. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night with the munchies, and so I ate the rest of my fucking potato wedges. And I ended up throwing up later on, and I almost fucking died because I couldn't like the potato wedges and the alcohol turned into essentially clay, a clay like Play-Doh, thick Play-Doh like consistency, and it got caught like halfway up my chest. You know when you swallow something. You know, you didn't chew it enough or whatever. I'm about to get cut off, so I'll make a clip. But anyway, I almost died on potato wedges from drinking fucking too much krazy Anyway, love you, bye. 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 Yes,
2: <laughs> that was fantastic, weirdo. I always love your voicemails. They're they're so just fucking real. And I actually did not know that thing about eating something greasy before you start drinking. Yeah. Um, but I do know that when I get fucked up, I do tend to want like. Pizza or something.
0: See the body. The, the, the body. The body. Does if you listen to the body, the body kind of knows what it needs, right? So that this is because you get this weird craving for something you don't. Think. It's like well, maybe it need. There's something that you need in that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, which is why I don't necessarily um, shy away from solving the craving. However, uh, because the craving is an evil bitch. I'm going to have to shy away because, you know, if we're going
0: to do a hard 75, we need
2: to be real.
0: That's right. And, uh, yeah, and this this next caller's real. We, we can tell you she's real.
2: Favorite hangover cure,
3: hair of the dog. I don't care what kind of dog either, as long as
2: it's alcohol. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Love y'all. Bye.
0: Thank you, Mama Love you, Mama, you. T. Mama T. Yeah, the- <laughs> all, all
2: right, well, um... I don't know, usually like the day after I look at what the fuck I drank the night before And go, oh god, no Never again, I swear, just get me through this I'll never drink again Until the next time I do
0: Okay, we've got, uh, right. we got one more caller here Oh
2: hello, it's Emily Um, Favorite hangover cure
3: um, Would probably be A bowl Of the cannabis And water and food my most recent uh, hangover cure was sleep and water.
4: Uh, coffee and cannabis airs Mondays morning, 7 a.m. See you then.
2: Thank you, Hempress Emily. Absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I get that whole uh, water thing because ultimately the whole reason why you have a hangover is because your brain is dehydrated. So that's why for every drink that you consume, you should theoretically consume a bottle of water in between that and your next drink, especially the sweeter the drink, because the sugar truly dehydrates you yeah, faster
0: exactly so yeah yeah, the, the, the alcohol I mean yeah, I guess you noticed the other day that actually eating sugar uh, had a
2: yesterday yeah. um I decided, like I said, because we're fixing to do seventy five hard, um I gave in to a lollipop craving, and what I noticed. Was that? It was a, um, a it was a chupa chup pop, but it had bubble gum in the center of it. But anyways, I noticed that it gave me a headache, and that was something I had never experienced before. Uh, not a headache, but a headache from sugar.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now we got one more voicemail uh, that, we, that, that came in here, and we're gonna play it.
2: This
3: is the other mama, and I got to agree with Mama T it's white the dog the picture and that's all there is to it my
2: daddy taught me that thank you have a good day (laughs) thank you mama phoenix aka the matriarch white
0: the dog is actually Uh, yeah white White the the dog absolutely white the dog is the
2: love the transcription murder on that one that was that was classic
0: awesome so, it is
2: not too late you all three three two one. tell us your favorite hangover cure you can even text it to us if you're voice shy we want to hear about your favorite hangover cure that's
0: right now meanwhile i think what we want you probably want to hear about uh, some higher consciousness and well, so
2: actually oh. what is your favorite hangover cure
0: because um, we didn't address ours. Oh, this is true. Then, yeah, I think this also gives us a chance for this thing to, to finish, so we can play what we're probably gonna. Yes, to play and it.
2: I'll I'll make sure uh, I have yeah, it. Yeah, you make
0: sure you have it ready to I go will. here. Okay, so um, my favorite hangover cure. Well, first of all, like it, 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 being smarter about how you drink, right? Because if yeah. you, if you're gonna drink, right, there's, there's there's so mixing your alcohol is generally bad. If you if you yeah, start,
2: if you start dark, stay dark. If you start clear, stay clear. Yeah,
0: exactly. So and uh, don't
2: mix beer and hard
0: liquor. Occur. Yeah, if you do that's that, that's a that,
2: recipe th- for disaster. Yeah. That's that's like mixing uh, uh, ammonia
0: and and chlorine bleach. Exactly. So, um, but but yes, the other thing, yeah, drink lots of water, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, and and <sighs> I'm trying to not sneeze into the microphone because I don't want to blow all your eardrums out. And unfortunately, all I did is I kind of just I've just muted my own sneeze.
2: <laughs> muted my own sneeze is totally a show title, and I'm surprised you did not just blow your brains out your ears. That had to be so much force contained in your cranium. I don't want to be in your fucking head right now oh my god that makes me hurt
0: yes wow but but yeah so um yeah honestly when i when i have a hangover it really is it first that's one thing i noticed about this diet right it, because uh or not diet i mean the lifestyle the the, the yeah however you want however you want to approach this by not by not consuming so much hot fresh garbage that made my hangovers a lot le- the, the hangovers a lot less worse however again there's certain things i just know not to drink like white claws never it will never uh you know if, if it gives me a really bad hangover yeah it does not get consumed again so uh you know again I, I tend to i tend to drink uh when i drink i i, I like uh you know i'm, I'm i like whiskey I, i'm i'm you know i like single malt i'm not i don't like it but uh you know and i like and i like uh you know uh well high apb beer right beer beer hell beer. yeah, yeah no, which, which i like as well and so um yeah it is um you know i i, I i'm quite uh you know so it's just about you know and not doing so much right because i because if that's because honestly i've gotten to the point with alcohol like i just don't like really drinking that much so if i never had another alcoholic beverage again i'd be okay
2: yeah and you and i were actually having a conversation about the fact that the Lafroy 10 that i became fond of when we went to israel yeah it actually kind of gives me a little bit of a headache when i drink it um it's one of those things that will be a deterrent for doing so simply because it's weighing out the pros and cons like do i really want to have this headache and then have to take big pharma to get rid of it. And then I feel fucking miserable. I mean, yeah, the, you know, the, the drunk is fun, but the fucking headache that lives, you know, the, the monster within, yeah, it's not really that much fun. So it really makes me take pause. And as far as a hangover cure, um, I have to, I have to go with the water angle, Because I know that on the few occasions that I have suffered from a hangover, other than being tired as hell, drinking water because I realize, like, I can realize when I need to start hydrating because I'm getting dehydrated because my lips get really dry. And so when I wake up and I feel like I licked a fucking horse's ass and my lips are dry as a horse's ass, I realize that I need a whole lot of water, and maybe a couple Advil to just boost things along. You know, one of the few times that I put Big Pharma in my body. But other than that, um, I, I wanted to actually have a little side digression. You were talking about how when you eat the way we do, you know, in the lifestyle that we live, that your body actually heals itself faster. And I've been doing a lot of thinking. Now, this whole allergies thing that you and I have been talking about having, they're saying that the new strain of COVID is mimicking really bad allergies. And I kind of, I, I hate to say it, I actually paused and went, gee, I wonder if I might have actually just had a little touch of that COVID strain.
0: Well, maybe, but but here's the thing, right? What's Because we're yeah. eating right. Yeah. yeah.
2: I treated it like a motherfucking cold, which, by the way, that's what it fucking is. It's a really bad fucking cold, ultimately.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: I treated it as fucking such... And I'm doing a whole lot better.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think you're going to get ready to play that clip that we need to play here because, uh, yeah, we we yeah, uh, we're th-
2: seeing it happen.
0: We've seen here. it happen here. This these they're doing replays of the fact that we yeah beat- our
2: our our Vols are playing Texas A and M.
0: Yeah, so you know I think they're about to hit victory formation. And so, I think so. Yeah, there you go. So I think you can. Uh, I think you can officially fire the clip off now. Uh, yeah.
2: Are, do we have? Oh, we have yeah, possession. Yeah, we have possession. Yes,
0: and the, uh, the game's oh, over. Yeah, yeah we're they, we we're hitting can't it. Play it.
2: Go Vols! We got them asses twenty to thirteen,
0: was it? Yes, it was. Yes, that's right. So
2: I mean, it was a hard fought game. Yeah, but our boys pulled it out. Deep. Woo! Put it in the W category. Put it in the
0: W category. Well, meanwhile, we can—I think we can move on to the next uh, segment in our show, which means I think we can. I'll take a drink, and I, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke. Rayford, you know,
1: it relaxes me and I think. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not
0: freebase cocaine.
2: That's yeah. right. We do not <laughs> freebase cocaine. But we, but we
0: do... Uh Smoke weed every day. Now, researchers, oh, yes, we do. Yes, and researchers in China recently looked at the relationship between kidney stone rates among male cannabis users versus those who do not consume canna- cannabis and found that, indeed, that male cannabis users were inversely associated with kidney stones. The study was published in the journal Frontiers in Pharmacology. Now, uh, to investigate the potential relationship between cannabis use and kidney stones, a team of, uh, of Chinese researchers assessed a representative sample of more than 14,000 U.S subjects so why did Chinese researchers look at US subjects I'm
2: oh sounds nefarious to me
0: Between the ages of 20 and 59, data were obtained from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey from 2009 to 2018, with kidney stone and cannabis use data collected from self-report questionnaires. So we can kind of... Well, I mean... Well, we
2: know how that works in the uh, status bias.
0: Yes. So, our findings suggest that marijuana use was inversely associated with kidney stones in males, authors state. Furthermore, we found a regular marijuana use less than six times per week indicated a negative relationship with kidney stones in the male population. However, no such differences. were were found in the overall and female populations. Now, researchers lay out a theory as to why cannabis use may be associated with lower rates of kidney stones. Uh, According to the study, previous uh, studies have demonstrated that cannabinoid application increased urine output without affecting the excretion. Now, this means that the the diuretic effects of cannabinoids or those effects that help to reduce buildup may shorten the time of crystal remaining in the kidney, which therefore decreases the amount of kidney stone formation, Reacher's note. So, so apparently making... So, I guess what it's saying is it makes your pee more productive is it so well i don't know i
2: think sir spencer might disagree with that considering he had a hell of a kidney stone and we're pretty sure he is a regular brother smoker
0: yes he is um, in fact we've we've smoked with them so we know that they're yes we, we
2: have that's
0: right So um, well, we had a
2: great goddamn time that's right
0: and, and as the study time. found no association between marijuana use and kidney stone in females researchers hypothesized that hormone level could not regulate this association now the, they also note that a previous study demonstrated that lower urinary saturation of stone forming crystals might be the reason for less kidney stone formation in females suggesting that estrogen may, may be associated with a lower risk of kidney stones now postmenopausal females also had a higher risk of kidney stones I can assure you that my ex that was one that's one of the health conditions she had she got them uh, you know she she was for a while getting them a couple you know, 2 3 times a year
2: i'm not going to go there save to say universe if, if you got a really strong kidney infection you want to send i'm
0: just saying yeah so meanwhile um okay so i think we'll move on
1: Let's dance with Mary Jane One more time to kill
0: I give her a clipboard. And she anyway. Um, so yeah, I we, think
2: that's actually called a soundboard. Clipboard's are kind of rectangular, like this, and uh, they they have a, a a large clip on the top of it. Breaking the balls.
0: Breaking the, the balls. balls. She, yeah. Well, I you know all I all I can say all I can say to you is, uh, know how bad you. Okay. Why not a goddamn thing? <laughs> you got nothing. No, no, I just I just hit the right. No, <laughs> it went out over the street. so do you know how bad you sound oh really (laughs) okay yes i mean yep i just i have to remember though i gotta be careful with some of this stuff like she got the pussy yes she does lick 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 my balls (laughs) yeah Exactly. Now, marijuana consumers who fought COVID had better outcomes and mortality than non-users study finds. Now, so, cannabis users who caught COVID-19, the, the, or COVID-1984, whatever the fuck they call it, had significantly lower rates of in, in, intubation, respiratory failure, and death than people who did not use marijuana, according to a new study based on hospital data that was presented this week at the annual conference of the American College of Chest Physicians in Honolulu. That's not, that sounds like a good place to have a conference, Honolulu. Oh, hell yeah. Although, uh, God, I, I can't imagine. The, I'm trying to think what the flight would be from here it's uh, yeah probably.
2: probably a lot
0: yes because i know for i know from the left coast it's about uh it's about five six hours to get to uh, hawaii from the left coast well actually if you're from la i think it's like four and a half or something but wow uh, yeah I, I used to do those flights so I understand. yeah so um so marijuana users had better outcomes And mortality compared to non-users The study says, suggesting that the observed Benefits might result from marijuana's potential To inhibit viral entry into cells and prevent The release of pro-inflammatory cytokines Okay, that, that sounds good stuff The the significant decrease In mortality and complications warrants Further investigation of the association Between marijuana use and COVID-19, the report Published in a supplement of the Chest Journal Says. Now the cannabis users also Had significantly lower health Complications related to covid now, Uh, On univariate uh, analysis, marijuana users had significantly lower rates of intubation, 6.8% versus 12%. Acute respiratory distress syndrome, 2.1% versus 6%. Acute respiratory failure, 25% versus 52.9%. And severe sepsis with multi-organ failure, 5.8% versus 12%. They also had lower in-hospital cardiac arrest, 1.2% versus 2.7% and mortality, 2.9% versus 13.5%.
2: Those are significant numbers.
0: Yeah, they are. Now, Using a one-to-one matching analysis that compared marijuana uh, consumers to non-users by age, race, gender, and 17 other comorbidities including chronic lung disease, the team found that cannabis consumers had lower rates of intubation, acute respiratory failure, severe sepsis with multi-organ failure and mortality, which is what those stats say. Now, During the early months of the COVID-19 scandemic, some cannabis users uh, uh, or, or advocates claimed with little evidence that marijuana or CBD could prevent, treat, or even cure coronavirus infection, a claim many other advocates warned premature and dangerous. Now, in, in March of 2020, for example, former NFL player Kyle Turley, who said that medical marijuana changed his life and who now operates his own cannabis brand, made numerous unsubstantiated claims on social media that were, of course, uh, deleted, uh, you know, struck down, whatever, uh, that cannabis would prevent and cure COVID-19. Now, in an interview with Marijuana Moment at the time, Turley called his critics cowards. Now, I've been putting work... On, I agree with that. Yeah, I've been putting in work on my own dime, on my own time taken away from my family to move this conversation forward and that's what i've done he said i was a first round draft pick i made millions of dollars god saved my life through this plant and i live in america so get used to it he said and i'm gonna continue to spread his word well yeah who does
2: this dude play for
0: he doesn't play anymore he's an he's an ex-nfl player Um, oh yeah
2: well like Kudos to this guy. Yeah.
0: So the, the yeah, I bet I could look it up on Wikipedia if I gave a shit. Uh, right, the, right. The, yeah. The Food and Drug Administration and Federal Trade Commission later took enforcement action against Turley's Neuro uh, XPF business. So
2: yeah. That, uh, oh, tell me that's not some fucking bought and paid for corruption, right? Fucking there.
0: Yeah. Well, you we know, talk about uh, bought and paid for corruption now. That, now you've uh, you know with this next clip, I think you gotta uh, you know you gotta get it. The uh, well. So you're. you're money, 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 money
2: sorry i was on the wrong board i apologize
0: yeah well this is this is a little harder to do this than you think isn't it yeah Uh, don't make me
2: have to switch boards to tell you to lick, lick, lick my balls.
0: Yeah, well, uh, now cannabis is flying off the shelves in your home state of Connecticut, according to to state data. And adult use cannabis transactions account for over half the money coming in. Now, adult use sales begin on January 10th, and sales revenue has increased every month since the market launched. Now, the Department of Consumer Protection, the DCP, announced in an October 10th press release that new preliminary data shows combined sales for adult use and medical cannabis Totaled over 25 million for the period from September 1st to dis- September 30th, 2023. Now the numbers do not include adult use cannabis taxes, and medical cannabis patients never have to pay taxes on cannabis purchases. So, um, officials also with the DCP also uh, m- marked the launch of home cannabis cultivation, which went into event on July 1st. So they get to grow their own shit in in Connecticut.
2: In yeah, that's pretty fucking epic, especially because they got some good soil up there. Yeah,
0: adults who choose to grow their own cannabis should use safe and healthy gardening practices for growing any. Products they intend to consume, DCP Commissioner Brian T. Cafarelli said in a statement from the agency. Plants should also be kept indoors, out of reach, and out of sight from children and pets. Now, under the state's regulations for home cannabis cultivation, adults age 21 and over are permitted to grow up to six cannabis plants, including three immature and three mature flowering plants. Plants must be kept secure from children, pets, and others who should not be allowed to access cannabis. It's not entirely clear how home cultivation will impact adult use sales. Well, you know, there's a- well, I mean, it, okay. So I don't know how easy
2: or difficult it is to grow this, but depending on that, I I think that's going to be a large, it's going to be a combination of, do you have the skill to grow it? Do you have the knowledge to grow it? And are you motivated enough? You know, maybe you don't have the space. Here's the other thing too, okay? As as legal as this shit is, okay, in Connecticut, if you have a landlord that you're renting from who is against it, yeah, they can forbid you from growing on the property. So there's a lot of other factors in how that is going to impact the sales market. Uh, that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, um, of course, one thing we've got to be concerned about is, well... Are you next fucking look- high... Yeah. so researchers at the stevens institute of technology just recently published a study in and alcohol dependence which analyzed the smartphone data of cannabis of cannabis users and non-cannabis users now cannabis users self-reported the times they consumed and what level of intoxication they experienced on a simple one to ten scale so you know again we did their self-reporting here um, exactly by comparing and contrasting over 100 different sensory inputs including time location noise and movement levels picked up from the phones of the cannabis users to the non-cannabis users the researchers claim to have identified noticeable differences between the data sets during the times that the cannabis users were intoxicated differences which regular human senses could not identify on their own the same technology has also been used to study and to predict impairment from alcohol and other drugs as well now the differences in data sets were then used to train an artificial intelligence learning model which may one day be able to detect if someone is under the influence of cannabis in real time through the information detected by their phone sensors oh my god and we, like we need to know that this, oh, could hypo- this could hypothetically allow the phone to intervene in in some way in form, of, in form of a notification suggesting rideshare services. Now, the researchers claim their AI model could predict cannabis intoxication within 90% accuracy after being trained by uh, the smartphone data. Now, the company claimed to be able to predict cannabis impairment using only the smartphone data with about 67% accuracy, but when paired with time data like day of week and time of day, the artificial intelligence learning model lightly gradient uh, boosting machine was able to predict cannabis impairment within a greatly increased accuracy of 90%. Impairment was measured using a a zero to 10 scale in which a zero meant not intoxicated. a score of one to three was considered low intoxication and a score of four to 10 meant moderate intensive levels of intoxication. Now, We tested the importance of the time features, i.e. day, of week, time of day, relative to smartphone sensor data only on model performance, since time features alone might predict routines in cannabis intoxication, the study said, indicating that the AI learning model could predict impairment with 60% accuracy based on time factors alone. Now, cannabis users needn't hide their phones just yet before getting stoned, as the results of the study are still preliminary and more research is needed before a firm assessment can be made. There you go.
2: We know what the hell that means. Here's the thing. If they actually, you know, get the bugs worked out of this shit, I can just see cops having portable fucking things where they can, like, hook up to your fucking cell phone and know when they pull you over. They don't have to do the fucking, you know, one-legged stand and, you know, walk the line heel to toe. They can just fucking plug into your phone and be like... Okay, Mr. Jones, I'm placing you under arrest for driving under the influence. And you don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't see how they're going to be able to have that degree of accuracy because there's a whole lot of other variables involved. I just, I mean, I don't, I see this being a problem.
0: Yeah, I see it being a problem, too. Now, meanwhile, it, we're okay, so I think before we get into the next segment, I think we, we're so uh, we're going to, I, I think um, this clip will make sense. I will explain this. I will explain how we're going to handle the back of the napkin uh, going forward after playing this clip to introduce it.
2: Watch
1: it burn it, leave it on that. iPhone my phone. The way I see it, the only good phone's a landline, and the phone should be made out of Bakelite. <laughs> That's right, everybody. Time for tech news. John, do we have tech news?
0: Uh, there's no tech news today. Why not? There's no new phones. In the morning. Yes. that was a per-
2: Fucking epic. Okay. Now, not that's gonna... the first time I've heard that. I He said he had a new clip to introduce back of in the napkin. And I said, oh, what is it? He said, it's an old no agenda clip. He said, but I'm not going to play it for you. I want you to hear it when the pedal heads hear it. Yes. So I... Applaud you, sir. Yes. That is a fantastic clip. Yes, one of, one of, yes I,
0: I've been waiting. And so the back of the nap. We've decided now. The back of the napkin segment was originally kind of the place we put everything else, and we decided we decided that yeah, you know, I do cover tech things often enough that the and in back of the napkin was kind of you know it's also kind of where we put the uh, you know the the, uh, uh, the the what the what's what Phoenix is cooking uh, part of things because yeah. it's because it is so I, we, we're still doing that, but we are but it, basically the back of the napkin is going to be the, the tech stories we think are kind of interesting. Now we're not trying to cover tech in great, great detail, but things that people might, things that might affect you that uh, you might be interested in or just stupid shit in the tech industry. Um, and then, you know, we also have a new, we'll have a new segment for the stuff that doesn't fit anywhere else uh, with the, the junk drawer that Mama T suggested as a, as a name. Uh, yeah, we're, we're actually con- launching that as a new segment for stuff that we think that we want to cover that doesn't fall into any of the other categories. Um, so, exactly, because
2: yeah. that's how we row, row, row around here. We always change and evolve.
0: That's right. So, meanwhile, I think you should play your. Uh, I'm.
2: It, I'm going to.
0: It looks like it's alive.
2: Yeah. And living in the fridge.
0: Well, right now, I think it's living on the stove. It is living uh, on the
2: stove. It has actually. Uh, I've gotten word from the matriarch that she turned it off. So the kaputska... I think I pronounced that right, that Dame Jennifer Weta sent me the recipe for has officially been prepared and is the wonderful dish that we will be enjoying for dinner. We will put the link to the recipe. uh, We will post it in the show notes, and I'm pretty sure we can probably get it into the chat as well. And we will let you all know what we think of it. And I know she's listening because she's in the chat. Yeah. Oh, kapusta.
0: Kapu- kapusta. Okay,
2: kapusta. See, I f- thank you, Dame Jennifer, for that pronunciation. I appreciate it. Yes, there we so, go. So, yeah, we'll let y'all know how it uh, how it goes.
0: Yeah, and there'll be a picture of the the soup in the uh, in the in the show notes uh, once once we uh, go downstairs and go fetch it. But uh, yeah, okay. Meanwhile, uh, so it's time for the next story here. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, we had a little bit of argument over what the whether we should use the Windows XP or the Windows 95. I insisted we should do Windows 95 because it's 2023 and Microsoft WordPad, which was introduced in Windows 95, can be exploited to hijack vulnerable systems. So, now on Tuesday, uh, Microsoft did, a, did its patch Tuesday. Uh, they had over 100 uh, security updates to fix flaws in its products, including two bugs that are already under active attack, as well as addressing an HTTP2 weakness that has also been exploited in the wild. Now, the last one, treated as a cve triple four eighty seven, aka Rapid Reset, is an HTTP2 protocol vulnerability that has been abused since August to launch massive distributed denial-of-service attacks. Now, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Cloudflare um, all released mitigations for these server knackering rapid reset attacks. Now, but back to the Microsoft-specific CVEs that are listed as being publicly known and exploited. Now, uh cve 2023 36563 is an information disclosure bug in microsoft wordpad that can be exploited to steal ntlm hashes now yeah these are this is how you can authenticate as people that aren't you right uh so that that's that's why that's kind of important now the two there are two ways to exploit this according to microsoft one way is to log in as a rogue or compromised user and then run a specially crafted application that could exploit the vulnerability and take control of an affected system now the other way is to trick a victim into opening a malicious file that's pretty common uh, uh, that's what phishing does uh, an attacker would have to convince the user to click on a link typically by way of an, an enticement in an email or instant message and then convince them to open loop the specially crafted file now in addition to applying the software fix the zero day initiatives dustin child's f- uh, feature hasn't received much attention but it could significantly hamper ntlm relay exploits child's wrote, well okay yeah so uh, you know i think they're they're getting rid of uh, wordpad in 2011 in, in windows 11 i'm You know, it's still it's still a functional thing. Sometimes you don't I don't want to run fucking Microsoft Word just to write a fucking, you know, just a WordPress you know, just to do some simple typing and shit and maybe do some fonts and stuff. I mean, yeah, that's a whole nother fucking thing. I hate I hate. Yeah. Anyway, there's a reason why my systems are getting
2: another example of how they have got that tether Around your balls.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot, I, you know. And I and I've seen uh, Progo um, in, on a uh, no agenda social ask the question: Is there any way to install Windows without all the phone home shit? Well, good, you know. Good luck with that, right? I think that you know, the answer is just to not use Windows. And it's kind of my kind of my thought. And I, and that I that
2: would be a typical head troll, Sir Bemrose comment.
0: Yes, except he uses Windows, but he uses like Windows 8. So you know.
2: Oh yeah, but he has rants about the updated and most recent Windows constantly saying no, I don't want to fucking install windows whatever version it's up to
0: yeah it's up to 11 but well yeah. there you go yeah so now meanwhile uh, i think uh, we go to the next story here you are being watched
1: the government has a secret system a machine that spies on you every hour
2: of every day
0: yeah now I had this is that's a clip I pulled for this because uh, I I seem to remember the show person of interest and so that was that's part of the the, the opening of the show now as was always going to be the case with tech that can more reliably identify white middle-aged males than anyone else another minority has been nabbed because of a facial recognition fuck up
2: yeah this isn't racially motivated at all
0: the only good news pertains to the city of Detroit and its law enforcement agencies which are finally not the perpetrators uh, of a string of AI enabled rights uh, uh, violations now in the lawsuit recently recently filed by Atlanta resident, Randall Reed, uh, the cop, shop uh, with the bad math resides in Georgia. Named in his filing, which is discussed but never linked to in the report from Click Orlando, are Jefferson Parish of Louisiana, Deputy Andrew Bartholomew, and his uh, chief, uh, Sheriff Joseph uh, Lapt- 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 Now, Yes, you read that right. An Atlanta, Georgia resident is suing Louisiana law enforcement officials over a wrongful arrest predicated on a faulty facial recognition search results. Now, the lawsuit suggests the tech used by the sheriff's office was none other than the ultra infamous Clearview AI. The, fa- the facial recognition technician tech company so morally bankrupt. Even other purveyors of this questionable tech are unwilling to associate themselves with it. That insulation is drawn or insinuation is drawn from purchase orders and invoices secured from the JPSO, which show the sheriff's office first entered into contract with Clearview in 2019. Even Clearview as awful as it is takes care to inform its law enforcement customers that search results should be considered a small part of an investigation whole rather than probable cause capable of supporting a warrant. Nonetheless, that's what's happened here. And it was aided by the investigators apparently deliberate decision to mislead the judge about the origin of the so-called lead from the lawsuit defendant, Bar- Bartholomew did not conduct even a basic search into Mr. Reed, which would have revealed that Mr. Reed was in Georgia when the theft occurred and has never been to the state of Louisiana. Defendant Bartholomew's warrant affidavit failed to disclose the fact that he relied exclusively on facial recognition technology. Instead, defendant Bartholomew's affidavit was intentionally misleading. It stated that Mr. Reed was was identified as the suspect in the surveillance video by a credible source for whom no information was provided. Now, with any luck, both the JPSO detective and the tech itself will go on. On trial. But considering cops hate talking about tech they consider to be secret, despite reams of digital paper having already been published, discussing this tech in detail, it's more likely a speedy settlement will be headed Mr. Reed's way. And while that will help this plaintiff, it won't do much for the future victims of this tech and incapable hands it's been placed into. So, yeah, this is, uh, the, the, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is that this is probably going to continue to be going on. And uh, Oh, probably, but, you know,
2: law, you know, law enforcement lying? Surely you just...
0: Surely you can't be serious.
1: I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yeah. I
2: mean, seriously, that that's also water's wet. And unfortunately, because they're being pressured by their superiors to, you know, close these cases and it makes their department look better, it's kind of, again, it circles around kind of like to the lawyers that used ChatGPT to, you know, find those cases that it hallucinated and never existed. And... Oh, I forgot to mention the fact I got a little BOTG on that. Someone who dove a little deeper into that story and said that the lawyers claimed that they asked ChatGPT if these were real cases. And of course, ChatGPT affirmed that they were. And I was laughing so hysterically. I'm like, well, of course the fucking thing is not going to be like, no, Bob, I made them up. Like what the actual fuck?
0: I don't think it, and I don't think Chat GPT remembers from previous session to session. I mean, I think it can possibly, but it, but the reality is, I don't think it's a. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't know that I'd necessarily trust it with factual information. It depends on what it is. I, I was, I actually had a. I, so I did a podcast and all that. Um, uh, work,
2: Again, baby, trust but verify.
0: Yes, I did. A, I, I was a. Uh, I was having. I had a. I did a, a. I recorded a podcast with a with a work colleague uh, the, the, um, uh, earlier this week, and, and and we were talking about the the, the fact that yeah these. You know, it really depends that these. AIs are doing a lot of, um, you know, we we, we there. It depends on what the AIs are being, you know, what data they're looking at, and and so on. In fact, there's even a, there's even a story that I, I I should probably have put in here, and I'll and I will actually add it to the I will actually add it to the to the script here, and and, and so on. But apparently, uh, Microsoft researchers accidentally uh, left 38 terabytes of data that being used by pro, being processed by AI open of of, of other people's data, right? So, so that's you know, the question is whose data is it looking at and we we were cuz and my, my, my work colleague and I were talking about issues of data sovereignty who's you know whose data is being you know first of all where is my data whose data is it being mixed with and you know that and so that's why there's all this interest in maybe you know so there there's all this interest in things like chat gpt but there's other other large language models out there that do things but I, as i say i'm not going to this is almost a um you know, this is all this is almost a dishonorable mention, but uh,
2: well, I, I wanna add something to this because I was thinking about the fact I also had an accountant in who works in insurance in my ride last night. And we actually were talking about a lot of different things, and one of the things he brought up was that um the I'm trying to think exactly what it was. I just had it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um it it was basically that people are going to like the people who are supposed to be held responsible like the companies um when they like like when your credit card company has a data breach okay um they're working on legislation i believe or maybe not legislation there's there's some insurance thing that they're going to have to start being liable for future damage if you're like your social security number and your personal information, um, if they had a breach, they're, the companies are going to have to start being liable for future damages that it, um, incur from the breach and the um, person's shit being stolen.
0: Yeah, okay. just to to cover this story very briefly and I'll I'll just do the summary of it Uh, so Microsoft AI's research team while publishing a bucket of open source training data on GitHub accidentally exposed 38 terabytes of additional private data including a disk backup of two employee workstations so the backup includes secrets, private keys, passwords and over 300,000 or 30,000 internal Microsoft Teams messages now the researchers shared their files using an Azure feature called SAS tokens which allows you to share data from Azure storage accounts the access level can be limited limited to specific files only. However, in this case, the link was configured to share the entire storage account, including another 38 terabytes of private files. Now this case is an example of the new risks organizations face when starting to leverage the power of AI more broadly as more of their engineers now work with massive amounts of training data as data scientists and engineers race to bring uh, new AI solutions to production. The massive amounts of data they handle require additional security checks and safeguards. Yes. Um, this is a uh, yeah. Th- this is a uh, yeah. The, yeah, you've got a yeah. Hospital in Texas leaking out personal information. That's almost like giving out life lock for two years. Almost is just basically like here have a here have a Pez candy, right?
2: Yeah, but that's exactly what they're doing. Is when they have a data breach, um, they can be forced to pay for life lock for a certain amount of time. So that's interesting that weirdo actually has some boots on the ground on that. <laughs> But you know, uh, I have a feeling have that the can- ones who were responsible for that fuck up at micro- Microsoft, they probably got an email something along the lines of "You're fired. Get out of here." Yeah, yeah, you're you're being made available to the industry like now. Clean out your fucking desk. Security will see you
0: out. Yes. Well, once the data is out there, you know this is this is the problem. This is when I think of like LifeLock. This is I, I, actually I think this is a. Th- th- it's funny that they actually do th- this. This is an ad that these companies use themselves. That's what that's what's funny about this, and it, it, it kind of it highlights even the problem that they have as a, as an organization. David, you have one of the worst cavities I have ever okay. seen. Okay. Have a good day. Aren't you fix it? Well, I'm not a
1: dentist. I'm a dental monitor. I just tell you when you have a bad cavity. That's bad. Lunch? oh yes where are you going why monitor a problem if you don't fix it
0: yeah well yeah and unfortunately i think a lot of these credit monitorings uh, pretty much they don't really necessarily fix it i mean they might fix some things but yeah if the information's out there the information's out there you can't they can't put the genie back in the bottle you know
2: exactly but i mean they can try
0: like hell yeah so uh meanwhile let's go on to the next uh, next story here oh Elon. Yeah, so I had to dig for that clip. Uh, So Elon Musk decides who needs headlines when we can just have pretty pictures and suspends suspends an account that made fun of him. In August, it was reported that Elon Musk planned to remove headlines from the Twitter cards, basically making the site completely useless for news consumption. Yeah, it was completely useless for news consumption because guess what? The only thing they serve on there is M5M and most of that is bullshit. So
2: Exactly. Yeah,
0: so at the time, Musk claimed it was somehow more aesthetically pleasing because that's what everyone looks for in their news links. They're aesthetically pleasing. Anyway, it's gone into effect, every, and every news link on Twitter looks like it's just a photo and years and years of built-in habits of how to tweet about the news and read news on X twitter are flushed away. Basically, links to news stories now appear just as the image associated with the news story, and the only way to tell that it's actually a link is to happen to notice the tiny white text in the lower left-hand corner, which is ridiculously easy to miss. And that's made a mess for news orgs that were used to using the tweet text to comment on the headline. The, the headline that is now missing. Now, of course, Mr. Free speech absolutionist um, has who, who has baselessly baselessly called people who annoy him pedophiles on multiple occasions couldn't allow anyone to make a joke over this new aesthetically pleasing news link display by referring to him as a pedophile. So when a nonsense uh, peddler whose sole claim to fame is basically implying tons of people are pedophiles highlighted the juniper tweet uh, that was in that was in the story, Elon responded and suspended the account. Now. I guess comedy is no longer legal on the new, more aesthetically uh, pleasing tw- ex-Twitter. Uh, of course, in true Streisand Effect fashion, now more people are learning about all of this and reports are asking questions. Reporters are asking questions. So, just to sum it up, we have a very silly change that Elon made that makes news links basically impossible to parse on ex-Twitter, which opened up a, for- a fun form of trolling, which many people used to make fun of Elon Musk himself. Now, one of those troll tweets jokingly called Elon Musk a pedophile, now, which is one of Elon's own favorite go-to moves when challenged. Another account, whose entire claim to fame is baselessly suggesting random people are pedophiles, highlighted this to Musk, and Musk, who pretends to be a free-speech absolutionist to the absolute most gullible people in the world who believe him, then suspended that account for breaking X's rules, by which Musk means offended Elon Musk personally. I mean, yeah, Uh, that user's backup account was also suspended, but this post uh, is long enough that we're just going to leave it there. Now, uh, of course, uh, as the story went live on TechDirt, Elon unsuspended the Juniper account, so really, we're back to... uh, uh, to content moderation by Winds. Then an hour later, the account was suspended again. So.
2: Oh yeah, it was it was a totally a um, a look at me grab because he realized that his butt was in a pinch and he had to do something. And then when he thought the heat was off, he just reversed it.
0: Yeah. So, all right, I think it's time to uh, to head into the junk drawer.
1: Humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah we we have a lot of junk. We have a lot of uh, garbage in our junk tour. Uh, yes, we do. But I think we've got a great story to kick it off with. We do. Da, 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 da. Okay, the headline is, Plate and Bull on the market. Owners say they haven't been able to rebound from negative social media. And uh, so, in the end, the state might not have to go to additional lengths to shut down Plate and Bull for operating without a health permit. It is, in fact, shut down. I did I, I went over there today and determined... He showed me pictures. I showed a picture. I showed a picture, and I'll put it in the show notes, I guess. The owners are closing it themselves because, in the end, the talk that has been going around town about Plate and Bull for so long was too much for the talk of the town to endure. Womp, womp. Uh, Vince and Bethany Lucetta put their space and equipment at Village green Mall up for sale last week. They did not set a date for closing. What they call their private members club. Bethany's saying in a text message to the Glade Sun that we will be here with normal hours until we aren't. Uh, yeah, well they aren't now because I went over there. They they had a, they, they had a, they had yep. a, they had a chalkboard that uh, used to list their hours and stuff on it, and that's all erased. And I went over to the to the door and I took a picture of it, and it says that says they are closed. So okay, well you know, and that they and that they're that you know here's here's the real estate agent to talk to about about our stuff. So um so. Now, what she said is that she and Vincent haven't been able to rebound from the negative social media comments about their operation since a court hearing in the summer uh, on the Tennessee Department of Health lawsuit against them. Now, Bethany wrote that she and her husband feel that the majority of the community has spoken and either they don't understand us or simply don't want us here.
2: Yeah, they, we simply don't want you.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, and from your conversation with the with, with the popo around here. They, yeah, they, they, they don't, don't
2: want them either. Yeah,
0: well, you know, uh, so, you know, take your sovereign citizen shit and shove it up your ass as far as I'm concerned. Go the concerned. fuck
2: back to California with your
0: mm. bullshit. That's right. In perhaps the final analysis, what Platon Bowl's fate came down to was summarized succinctly by a regular diner there who defended the Luchettas in an interview less than two weeks before they informed their members that Platon Bowl would be closing. If people don't agree with the business practices here, they don't have to patronize the place, Pat, uh, Ricciardo said. Now, many in the community didn't, even Platon Bowl members themselves. Now, some residents didn't go there because the Luchettas refused to obtain a state health department permit. The department said that the Luchettas also have not allowed food safety inspections, a serious sticking point for many. The hard reason reality for the Luchettas, they have found, is that Plate and Bowl hasn't had enough repeat diners to sustain their livelihood. Asked by the Glade Sun in mid-September if they were doing okay financially, both said no, they weren't. Bethany said they'd been struggling from the beginning as many new businesses do. Now, the Luchettas' struggles began even before they opened Plate and Bowl in mid-April. Health department representatives informed them during two visits that they would need a permit. Vincent told them he wouldn't be getting one. Now, shortly after they opened their eatery, the department hand-delivered a letter ordering them to close it until they obtained a permit. The Luchettas dug in asserting that they had constitutional rights to operate plate and bowl outside of government jurisdiction now seeing that the Luchettas were intent on operating without a permit the department filed suit against them at a june court hearing a davidson county judge in nashville approved the department's request for a temporary injection requiring the Luchettas to close plate and bowl until they obtained a permit and complied with state food safety law the Luchettas still refused maintaining steadfast in their position that getting a permit would amount to signing a contract that would bind them to government control now that how is we- sav sit language Yes, it is. Having a permit they maintain would make them susceptible to government overreach, a term they have used to describe what happened during the COVID-19 pandemic, when most states required restaurants to temporarily halt in-person dining. Now, many restaurants ended up going out of business.
2: Yeah, Uh, but a lot didn't. And that's the thing, okay? They went to takeout only. If your food is good enough, people are going to be willing to abide by the takeout only, no dining in, because... It's only minimally about the atmosphere of the restaurant. If your food is good, your prices are good. Believe me, the diners will still come.
0: Yes, so um, now meanwhile, yeah, so despite the injunction, Plate and Bowl had remained open four days a week, offering members breakfast and lunch on a pay-to-go basis, just like any other restaurant. The Luchettas also provide family based activities, such as Friday game nights for their members. Well, not anymore. Uh, so, if if some if some people have asked Luchettas if they would go public, that is obtain a permit, if they knew they could extract more customers and therefore make more money. Vincent said his answer was a firm no. I'll close the doors before I go public, and they did. Uh, the Luchettas to say that in the end, the and Bowl has succeeded because it has stayed open for so long without the government shutting it down. At least they know, Vincent said, we've done something that nobody else has done before us. We haven't failed, Bethany said. Well, yeah. yeah
2: th- well, guess what? Um, yeah, because your whole basis on why you didn't want to obtain a permit is because you felt it was government overreach and, oh, if we have another scary scandemic, we're going to get shut down. Um, but you were open less than a year and you still got shut down. So ultimately you're full of shit because if your whole reason why you didn't want to go through the government bureaucracy was because you didn't want to have the possibility of being shut down. Well, you all but guaranteed and ultimately did get shut down because of non compliance. In the end, the man will always win. And I hate to say that because Bemrose would call me a government bootlicker, but it's true. You can try like hell to fight the government, but in the end, they are going to get you, sadly.
0: Yeah. Not only that, uh, I think that, that, that yeah, and this is this, in this case though, the government didn't have to do anything. I, I kind of give, I give the, I give the government credit for seeing what was going to happen and just basically allowing it to take place and it didn't have to do anything. It, it, basically they shut their doors on their own. So um, whatever, you know,
2: exactly. And you know, I, I, I hate to be that person, but at the same point in time, yeah, no, I don't good fucking riddance. Cause I'm kind of tired of having to report on these fucking soft sits and their temper tantrums and their look at me moments in our local rag.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I guess they're gone now uh, because. Uh, That's right. Yeah, be, although, man, there might be some follow ups on it. We'll, we'll, of course, pay attention to it. But meanwhile. Of course. Uh, meanwhile. I'll blow their brains out with my Smith and Wesson. And hey! then I'd teach them all a darn good lesson. Yeah. So now I, today I learned that a Smith and Wesson uh, uh has, a, has a has a headquarters in Tennessee now. Uh, they
2: do yeah. in the town I used to live
0: in. That's right. So gun manufacturer Smith and Wesson celebrated the grand opening of its new headquarters in Tennessee on Saturday after leaving its longtime home in Massachusetts for the more gun friendly state. Now the, the company's new digs in Merville, Tennessee. Uh, it, it, it's 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 spelled Maryville, but it's you, 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 the proper way to say it is Merville. You know I, I, this is what i am told from people around here. This is but, correct. Marvel. yes yes are approximately 650, 650 000 square feet as part of the company's 125 million dollar relocation plan announced in 2021 the ribbon cutting event showcased uh, uh, re- re- renowned uh, competitive shooter jerry uh, mikulek who set an nra record for hitting his six steel plates with a nine millimeter revolver in 1.88 seconds now S- smith and wesson was established in 1852 in connecticut I bet you didn't know that. I did not yeah, before bef- this. Yeah. Before soon moving its headquarters to Springfield, mass. Now I knew
2: its headquarters were in Springfield.
0: Yeah. But, uh, who knew that they started in a spring in uh, in, uh, in, in, in mass or in Connecticut. Actually, you
2: know what, come to think of it. I did actually know that they were based in Connecticut and I will tell you why, because the locate, the old location is said to be haunted And I watched an episode of Ghost Hunters, I believe, that went there to investigate. And it was it was pretty fucking scary, not because of, you know, ooh, spooky, you know, factory ghosts, but the host damn near fucking fell into this gigantic like vat hole because, of course, they're walking around in the dark, only looking through night vision fucking screens. And he damn near took a fucking death tumble
0: yeah. but uh okay let's go on to the let's go on to the next uh, story here uh... <laughs> Yeah, um, so um, I've I've actually had the uh, the uh, well I I don't know if you call it the pleasure necessarily of flying on LL. Um, I've I've done I've had a couple of different flights on them. Now they they have an interesting policy. Uh, They do not operate over Shabbat now. So this is but so it is it actually it is it is worth uh, noting that LL is now operating Saturday flights for the first time in 41 years. Now um, the Israelis' flag carrier will be operating. Yeah, it's the first time they've done it over 40 years. So since 1982, LL Israel Air. Airlines has had a policy of not operating flights over Shabbat, which is from Friday evening until Saturday night. When you look at the carrier schedule, you'll always notice a gap of well over 24 hours, as planes on the ground in Israel will stay there, while planes on outstations will simply be parked there for 24 plus hours. Now, in the past, we've even seen some LL flights divert in order to avoid being in the air over Shabbat. That's how seriously the airline takes this policy. Now, along those lines, this is going to be quite an unusual weekend. Uh, so this is this has already happened. So LL announced that on on Friday, October 13th the airline will operate flights from This ne- was yesterday yeah, from New York, JFK, and Bangkok, uh, yeah, these flights will be in the air over Shabbat. Now, these services are specifically being operated for the return of fighters with Order 8 and security and rescue forces. These flights will be free of charge for eligible passengers and are co-funded by LL and American Financial Institutions, which makes you makes you wonder what's going on there. Yeah, uh, LL emphasized that it hasn't flown on a Saturday in over 40 years and has been worried to preserve this status line. Now, the airline states that these flights are defined as sole supervision and received all the relevant Halakhic certifications. Uh,
2: Which means it's basically been blessed by a rabbi, and they're not breaking any of God's laws by operating over Shabbat.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, um, I think we got. I think we can uh, move on to the next story. Go away, Baton. Now, um, now popular porn sites are now displaying unproven health warnings thanks to a Texas law. Now, uh, they, 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 so the um, so popular adult film sites in Texas have published Texas Health and Human Services disclaimers warnings visitors about the about the unproven health risks of watching porn. Reports four hundred four media. The move comes after a U.S. appeals court temporarily overturned an order blocking a Texas law that required porn sites to verify users' ages and display the government health warnings. Now, though they don't require age verification, every Vixen Media Group. site which includes things like, uh, you know, uh, let's see, deeper blacked and vixen. Uh, yeah, great. I'm
2: familiar with blacked.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, um, I think I think I've I think I've seen stuff from blacked and vixen both. So uh, they now display factually debatable disclaimers warning that porn is potentially biologically addictive and proven to harm human brain development. Now the warnings appear to users within the state of Texas. Now these pop-ups also claim porn increases the demand for prostitution, child exploitation, and child pornography. And that, ex- and that exposure is associated with emotional and mental illness. Now, it's not clear how long the disclaimers have been online, but they appear to be a reaction to Texas's HB 1181, which was initially scheduled to go into effect on September 1st, but has been hotly contested in court. HB 1181 requires adult sites to disp- display disclaimers and verify users' ages with government-issued identification. However, a district judge agreed to block it in late August after a group of adult entertainment activists and companies, which included Pornhub, browsers, and the Free Speech Coalition. that's a, That's an interesting Uh, uh,
2: that's a very strange marriage
0: Yeah, I was going to say strange bedfellows, um, but um, the uh, filed a complaint arguing it was unconstitutional. Now, on September nineteenth, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals put a stay on the injunction, which blocked the law while it scheduled arguments. This court did not offer an explanation, only adding that the appeal would be expedited to the next oral argument. uh, Oral argument panel. Now, several states have pushed rules that restrict how porn sites operate, slapping or shaping how these sites work in parts of the U.S. Now, after Arkansas passed an age verification law in August for adult sites, Pornhub operator. responded by blocking all Arkansas users. MindGeek imposed the same bans on other states that have implemented similar laws, including Mississippi, Utah, and Virginia. So,
2: You know, I was actually having a thought about this when we were going through the stories. And don't get me wrong, okay? Um, I am wholly against pedophiles, um, pedica, anything to do with the sexual exploitation of children. I want to say that in advance to what I am about to say. With AI getting to a degree where you can't tell that it's not a real person, could there not just be AI generated kid porn so that no real children have to be harmed anymore? Like, why? I I know that's fucked up, you guys. But, like, why can't that be a thing so that these sick fucking people can get their fix without actually hurting a, a living human being?
0: Who's to say that that's not already happening?
2: I mean, I don't know, but I, it, it was interesting because what what sparked that thought in my mind was the most recent episode of GOB where Sir Bemrose and Darren o were talking about... Like AI generated women, um, you know, and and porn and stuff like that, and how they are getting to, I mean, obviously, I mean, you'd have to listen to it. I can't, you know, verbatim quote the silly shit that was talked about, about you know, it, it doesn't matter if it is real or my. my you know, my dick doesn't care, basically, was basically the message being sent. Like, I don't care if it's AI or if it's real. Like, if her titties are on point and her and her box is tight, slam it all night. So, nonetheless, it got my brain to thinking, like, okay, if they can do this for age-appropriate actresses, why can't they do it for kids? Um, I mean you know anyone who listens to the episode where you know we put our dicks on the table they they fu- they can fully more understand my position on pedophiles and things of that nature but it was just a thought like don't don't deplatform me don't cancel culture me i'm just trying to solve a problem with a technology that exists it doesn't make me a fucking villain if anything maybe it makes me a pioneer
0: yeah, well who's to say it's not already happening it's just it, it's, right. but it's just uh, probably happening by the by the pedophiles themselves but yeah I, don't, I think there's there's a lot of issues around all of that and, and I don't, and I don't th- this is just one of many issues that that artificial intelligence is going to bring and uh, bring into the forefront right and then we have that we have to deal with like uh, you know how do we deal with you know when it gener- when its when it generates stuff that well is considered uh, reprehensible right but you know by, and, and for a good reason right so
2: believe me I find it reprehensible I want to make that very clear
0: yeah exactly so i think meanwhile i think we should probably move on to the dishonorable mentions here y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates now let's you gotta play this you gotta play the next clip goes with it
1: bang bang niner gang niner gang bang, bang niner, gang. niner gang who are we
0: yeah so yeah, um, yeah we're gonna we're gonna kick the Cleveland Browns ass on Sunday yeah, we meanwhile, are. now meanwhile on last Sunday uh, Chris Collinsworth had bad jokes about a Niners fan proposing to a Cowboys fan after a terrible Dallas loss now at least one Dallas Cowboys fan will want to remember Sunday night's 42-10 loss to the San Francisco 49ers now NBC cameras caught a successful proposal from a Niners fan to a significant other who appeared to be a Cowboys fan given the Dak Prescott jersey she was wearing and in the context of the game result sunday night football announcers mike Tarrico and chris collinsworth had a bit of a laugh over it now what he have done it if the cowboys had won collinsworth wondered with the laugh i don't think so i know i don't think he's holding the ring uh, you can't start a marriage like that with her having the upper hand but Forty ers win here you go let's get married yeah a-
2: don't you dare do that at the game in december i will die of embarrassment
0: I, no, I, no, I won't be doing that. However, you can play Thank the ne- you. you can you can play the next uh, clip here. now the I, I can't believe i'm having to even uh, the only reason i'm putting this story this in
2: made me laugh and i cannot tell a lie when i read this little snippet that phone boy had put in the script i
0: burst out laughing <laughs> bone smashing tiktok trend isn't just dangerous it doesn't work now the tiktok trend bone smashing refers to people hitting themselves in the face with objects to improve their looks now the misinformed theory behind bone smashing is that bones will heal any more desirable alignment after being broken or fractured now experts say this trend is extremely dangerous and can result in permanent damage. Yeah, no this, shit.
2: From the fucking idiots who gave you eating Tide pods, now we have smash smash your face with a fucking board to well, improve your looks. Well, I think bravo I, millennials. Uh, bravo.
0: Yeah, I think I believe the I believe the uh, I believe the, uh, the phrase uh, the 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 gene pool needs some chlorine. You are
2: not fucking kidding. No, You know what it is? I don't think it's the gene pool needing chlorine. I think it's parents needing to go back to the days when you actually acted like a parent. You actually paid attention to your children. I understand. Oh, I have to work. And where, where, excuse, excuse. You know what? You took on the responsibility of giving life to another human being. It is your responsibility to make sure that that human being makes it to the age of 18 and beyond, and gains knowledge from you. Radical fucking concept. You have to interact with your children, but learns from you how to be a good person, okay? And be comfortable with the way that you look. So if mom A is teaching her son not to be a fucking idiot and make shitty comments to Little Jane about the fact she has a large nose because she's Jewish. Yeah, I know. I just made a total, you know, asemitic humor. Fucking sue me. Point of the matter is if parent A is teaching the son or daughter not to be hateful because someone else is different than you and parent B is, well, I would say both parents actually are teaching not only not to be a shitty person to other people and exploit their quote unquote defects, but also be secure in your own self because none of us is perfect. Maybe it's a birthmark. Maybe it's, you know, a skin condition like psoriasis. I mean, we don't get a choice about how we look. We are who we are. Some people are blessed with having better bone structure, better skin tone. I mean, people are people. Find the beauty and the joy in each other stop tearing each other down and raise your kids in that same fashion raise your kids to be compassionate and loving individuals not hateful little fuck trophies who feel neglected and don't have a daddy because mommy spread like mayo for anything that would stick it in her okay stop making excuses for being shitty human beings and shitty parents you know so
0: fucking over this I am. Yes, we are so fucking over this, and I think we're all. I think we're. I think we've. Uh, we've. We've done enough uh, damage to everybody's eardrums here. So, uh, it's probably. I think it's time to end this, and we end this uh, some, something, something like, like this. this. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you.
1: You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out.